Hello, everyone. Welcome and welcome back to Weekly Manga Recap. It is May the 17th of 2023. And you know what that means. It means that the wait is over. We are talking about a thing that we have been wanting to talk about for a while. And it's back and as inconvenient to read as ever. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we do have a lot of Eden Zero to talk about today. I lived up to my promise and I read all the chapters. I paid for them all with this stupid app. Um, Thankfully, there was like a deal to like get stuff. So it wasn't stupidly expensive. Yeah, see, you bought the package so that each time that you made a purchase... Uh, it put a little bit of ether towards your purchase boost uh-huh. so that uh-huh. after you had done like 10 purchases, then the last one was like 50% cheaper or something like that. Yeah, I got extra stamina pots, which I could use to refill so I could run against uh, Tuesday's dungeon drops. And that gives me an extra chance to potentially get an extra point at the end of every run. So, I mean, by the end of it, I could be getting like 20 or so points and if i do that five more times that's almost a chapter yeah people paying for chapters one by one is stupid there's such a great game economy in there i should know most that was a joke i made up based off of other gacha games but it, it is still i like once i looked at that guy uh like the whatever point system i was like hard no i can't i, I can't be this person anymore mm-hmm. um i've definitely played gacha games before where i was like I can get a little drop if I watch a little ad. Well, that doesn't hurt anybody. That's just making me money. And then, like, I started doing the math. I was like, if I just made a dollar this hour, <laughs> I wouldn't have had to watch any of that garbage. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, it... Good stuff. Anyways, we will talk about Eden Zero, but later, because it's back in the recap, I'm going to talk about the newest chapter and all the ones we missed. So I think chapter 223 and onward. Uh, but I will condense them. Yeah. Uh, not because, like, oh, I hope you don't leave anything out. There's not a lot no. to leave out. But <laughs> if I go by every chapter, it's basically going to be 20 chapters in a row of being like, well, it was horny and stupid. Yeah. Next Pretty chapter. Much. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a couple a, a couple notable bits here and there that definitely stand out at, uh, in my memory from having uh, just kind of honestly just like it, it, it's not, you know how like you know when you have to like cram uh, for something it's it's like you know like you eat the whole meal in one go this was like uh when the food gets kind of like stuck in the package so like uh. you know normally like when you're pouring it out it's like a constant stream but in this case it got like kind of stuck all and so you kind of really like shake it and then it all just comes out very suddenly in one chunk <laughs> And it's so that went shape, down. Shape like the package too. You're like, mm. yes, yes. Uh, so that kind of is is the feeling that I have for the the rate at which I read <laughs> the catch up for Eden Zero. Um, and some parts of it still do stand out to me. We'll talk about them. Uh-huh. But Eden Zero has its place in the recap yes. already, guys. So you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait. We're getting things back to how they were. It's it's going to be fine. Nature's we're going to have Eden Zero. <laughs> Eden Zero every week on Weekly Manga Recap. You're welcome, everybody. So. Every week? 
Uh, well, as long as it's getting published, I guess. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, uh, that shouldn't be too much longer. Then they 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 pretty much run through all the material from the old universe. So we're going back to chapter one once we once we finish the series proper. Oh yeah, we're doing Eden Zero, uh, World Zero Part Two. This well, time that, it's perfect. Well, Quinn, that that's actually possible. Uh, <laughs> But we, we have other stuff to talk about uh, as well this week, including uh, a new manga and Jump that I nearly did not read. <laughs> but, but we'll get into did. that. Oh, what I, a good time. I did read it. Uh, but let's start off with My Hero Academia. It's chapter number 388, Toya. Uh, we begin this chapter with a flashback, basically to explain how the hell Fuyumi got outside in order to come across the fight between Dobby and Endeavor. Uh, and it turns out that, uh, yeah, there needed to be a full-on evacuation of the evacu- of the uh, bunker that uh, they were in. Uh, we see a little bit of uh, Kendo, uh, Big Fist, uh, from Class 1B, helping people out. There's actually, I can't believe this, Quinn, <laughs> From the veto in the bank contest we did last year, <laughs> those random dou- douchey kids <laughs> that were angry at, at class 1A uh, make they, an appearance it, in this they're in sequence. Here? Oh, is that the girl who's they're, carrying like the lady and then someone's carrying and the big a guy, guy with the pompadour? Yeah. So oh it's uh, yeah, they made an appearance for this. <laughs> so <laughs> we, 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 we just need. Um, we just need backdraft to show up at some point. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, then, and then everyone's here. Actually, what the fuck? Where is backdraft? Everything is on fire right now. <laughs> He's not doing his job. Or they're not doing their job. It's so, very hard to tell backdraft's gender. <laughs> someone might have sent them to the wrong place. And they're, they're like looking at a map. And it's like uh, children's orphanage with like some dried plants. It's like, I guess this is what I'm here for. And he's like watering them. Meanwhile, in the background, there's just giant plumes of smoke coming up. But he said, since they're wearing this mask, they can't see behind themselves, Nick. It's ironic. Backdraft can't see behind themselves. Yeah, that's what the meaning of the name was the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't think science ever played a part in it, Nick. Science isn't actually a thing. I think we were <laughs> over this last week. Nick, last week I explained to you how math is the thing. This week, <laughs> science isn't real. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's making me upset. Have you uh, ever <laughs> thrown a ball in the air, Nick, and it comes down too fast? That's because you, you wished a little too hard. What? I have the science knowledge of a child. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So everything in my mind is magic. Okay. Um, Yeah, an evacuation happens. Uh, Kendo has to tell everyone, stop fucking rubbernecking at the giant fireball. That's the thing we're trying to get away from. Stop it. Uh, But Fuyumi... (laughs) And decides, well, there's a robot over here that's got wheels. Take me over there. And the robot gives her a thumbs up and says, we exist to serve humans' desires. Uh, <laughs> I have it, no free will of my own. Ninja says it's Ray. Fuyumi is the daughter. You're right. That is correct. Yes. I got them mixed up. Sorry. They're N- both such distinct characters Nin- with distinct personalities. Ninja says, now grovel for me. No. Uh, so... <laughs> Ray gets on the robot uh, to go off uh, and help out Endeavor with with uh, with Toya. Both of them are getting very burned. Uh, the sorry. robot, by the way, didn't make it. 
you really need to touch on the fact that this robot is like, they're like, take me to the epicenter. Robot's like, okay. And then cut to the robot's hand, fucking melting away. And you're just like, no, I loved him. He was my best friend. It's a a solid Terminator reference. I, I also like the idea when you think of it because we we fade straight from the robot giving a thumbs up saying yes I will take you to the dangerous place giving the thumbs up fade back in on the thumb still being up when they've arrived so it was just giving her the thumbs up the entire way there. yeah the entire way there it's just like hey you want to put your thumb down it's like no I still think you're radical <laughs> you're still potatious most heinous <laughs> So, uh, Endeavor, of course, is telling Ray, no, you're going to die. Get the hell out of here. Uh, and Ray says, I mean, you guys are going to die, too. I can't leave you here. Uh, Toya does actually react to her presence, uh, although he's still full on berserker burning zombie mode. So he's just going still for a monosyllabic speech going, mom. Uh, and uh but uh, then he realizes that uh, Natsu and Fuyumi have also showed up because, of course, they did. They followed after Ray in order to help out the situation. Uh, and uh, Fuyumi just says, stop it. I can't bear to lose anyone else. And Natsu says, quit being such a douchebag, uh, basically. And uh, they all surround Toya and are trying to get him to stop uh, and as Dobby uh, stands there being a burning zombie man, uh, he imagines a happier version of himself where he's surrounded by a loving family and isn't about to blow everybody the hell up. He also seems to be missing arms in this uh, imagined instance. That's what it looks like, at least. Uh, I'm trying to think. He hasn't lost his arm, though, right? All for one I don't did. think so. Uh, or not all for one. Endeavor. Um, yeah. Ah. Maybe he has to maybe, just... maybe maybe he's like maybe he's doing that cool thing where people do where you wear the jacket like you did a couple yeah. you're wearing that shirt. I am wearing I am wearing a UA shirt. Yes, as it turns out. Oh no, yes. it was the same shirt when you had the cloak over oh. the top of it. You looked super oh, cool. Okay. I have it saved to my phone. Hold on, I can find it. You don't need to. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Please stop trying to convince me I'm cool. <laughs> no, it's because Molder Man, I believe, made uh, alterations to it to give you like the pompadour, yes. and it was so cool. Um, I considered making it my icon for you on my phone because it was God. very very cool. <laughs> What were we talking about? Hit zero. This chapter, this chapter is like a half-length thing. It's yeah. only eleven pages long. Uh, it goes by very quickly. Uh, it at least does establish the point of like, and everyone in the Todoroki family except Shoto is here to try and talk Dobby down. Presumably, Shoto himself will show up shortly because you know he's on the super fast boy right now. Yeah. Oh, Ida is gonna go so fucking fast. Nick, do you think I like Ida because I like Sonic? I think it might be the glasses. Oh. I do like the glasses, and he's such a nice boy. He is a nice boy. And Sonic's not really a nice boy. Like, he has attitude. He's kind of a dick. I mean, Sonic has a particular... He has his own way. Quinn, it's my my new lyrics for the Sonic the Hedgehog theme. Sonic, he can really move. Sonic, he's kind of a douche. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um... Oh, wait, what if we say that one half is being written by Sonic and one half is being written from the perspective of Eggman? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like call and response. Like, Sonic, he runs really fast. Sonic, 
I hope he dies in a blast. <laughs> it's like very confusing because it's all the same singer. Yeah, they, the singer they doesn't both gave change. him their own notes. <laughs> they just had to adjust on the fly. Um, okay, fun chapter. Yeah, as you said, super short, so it's hard to really say a ton. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, Ida and Todoroki uh, are going to show up and we'll see what happens from there. Yep. Yep. Nick. All right. Undead Unluck. Gotta talk about Undead Unluck. This is number 158. Don't think, feel, Nick. Um, which I believe were also lyrics to Let It Go. Doesn't she say something like don't think? Conce- conceal, don't feel. Okay. Is what she says. So close. There's two of the same it's... words and... <laughs> in, in a different order. In a different order and not in... Different rhyme scheme. The, the attention they're doing here. It's just like Frozen, Nick. Um, so after that frozen reference, they are like, okay, everybody retreat. We got to get away from these bugs. It's a Bruce Lee quote, Quinn. That's where it's from. No, he, he had a quote about water, Nick. So <laughs> only water. He, he was like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> he just quoted water all the time. Like, Mr. Lee, how do you feel about your newest movie? He's like, be like water. Be like water. <laughs> So, which is ironically about being very flexible, but he's like, he's like, you could be flexible like water that goes anywhere, or you could be like a fucking river that runs in one direction, baby. Be like water. <laughs> Brandon Lee is like, yeah, it was tough growing up with my dad. He, he wanted to call me. He wanted to call me. Be like water. <laughs> he would only. It's all he would reference. He wouldn't talk about anything else. It was, hey, Dad. You want to go outside and play catch? Be like water. <laughs> What does that mean, Dad? Should I get the glove? <laughs> um, okay, so the, the bugs are there from last time, and Fuko's calling the retreat. Everybody get back, because this is super, super dangerous. Um, Sean has grabbed Phil at this point. He's right away. He's like, what the heck? Why could they still come after me, uh, even though I'm unseen? Uh, and someone in the back, I believe it's Phil, just says, they're after me and Mom. Uh, so... Fuko just notes, okay, well, that's even more of a reason to not leave you behind then. Uh, Phil, of course, is just like, but logically, sacrificing one person to save five is the most logical choice. Um, it is logical, Captain. But it is not human. Fuko's like, fuck that shit. It'd be too sad. So uh, they go. Creed is like firing. Fuko manages to like just pull Creed in as like one of their mouths gets into the door uh but it like kind of cut straight through like it gets cut and she's like wait a door cut this thing like even gina's unchanged couldn't dent it Mm -hmm. uh and like why what's it coming for like what what does it want like it's is it dead at this point but Fuko knows, like, oh, this is the one I get hit by my bad bullet. So this was the result of the unlock happening. Was it getting mm-hmm. caught in the elevator, basically, or whatever? Uh, but this thing is still right where it died. It's a life form and an alien one. Um, so Nico's like, okay, well, here's the thing. Every organism has its flaws. That lousy god has never made one perfect life form. So me and Creed, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, in, uh, like, a way to kill it, basically um they're gonna they're gonna bounce ideas off of each other uh but that said these things are definitely coming for phil and that last one even tried to go after him until it died basically uh so this is like 
a puzzle that we have to kind of figure out and there's like some discussion going on back and forth like between these characters but phil just kind of interrupts and is like hey sean what's sad i really want to know what feelings are like I do never... you know what <laughs> love is <laughs> pretty much it's just like i've never been able to understand feelings and they never properly convey to me uh so i just need to like figure out like what's the saddest thing you've ever experienced and sean's just like i guess when my dad died feels like well why was that sad he's like well i guess it's because i wouldn't be able to see him anymore uh and phil just wide open eyes is just like i see uh nico has watched this conversation from far and is like hey has phil's unfeel already manifested if it was like no it shouldn't have he wouldn't be able to talk if it did um but sean over is just like hey you're worried for nothing we're gonna save you you're in good hands with and then he walks into a room ah! and there's like a hundred of these fucking bugs i should say a hundred they're just really big so they're covering this uh shelter thing and he's like, holy crap, there's so many of these oversized bugs. Uh, and they start getting a call on their short-range radio that's like, hey, is my child there? Is Phil safe and sound? They're like, yeah, he's right here. And she's like, you got to get away from here. Take Phil and run otherwise. And all the bugs start to like kind of do something. Uh, they're like, oh, my God, they're starting to react. Those things are outside the shelter. They're after you. She's like, don't worry about me. Just help Phil. Hey, Phil, can you hear me? I'm sorry. I, I kept you locked up here in this lonely space. And I put you in this this cold body. I've been doing, you know, I, you've been doing your best this whole time. But I'm just not sure anymore whether you have a heart or even feelings. And I'm a failure of a mother. So, like. If my life can help save yours, then at the very least. Uh, and at that point, everyone is kind of jumping in to interfere with these bugs, trying to get in. They're like, no, fuck that. And if, uh, Phil's mom is just like, no, forget about me. They're like, nah, fuck you. Phil's trying to learn. And he's trying to understand his feelings for you. He asked what sad meant for crying out loud. And I'll be damned if I'm going to use his mother's death to teach him the meaning of sadness. Um when all of a sudden one of the bugs goes straight at Nico. And he's like, whoa, why is it targeting me? Why now? Wait, could it be? And he shouts over to Phil. And he's like, thinking well, at this Phil, time. Because Phil like tackles it away yeah. from Nico. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, He notes, it's not voices or temperature. They react to agitation. When people are emotional, they react to feelings. So Phil is just like, sadness is still somehow i just don't understand and the biggest source of the feelings in other words the one who's the most riled up is phil even though he doesn't understand them nick he has so many feelings the robot has a soul mm -hmm. what um, do i do with all of these emotions yep uh so uh one of them is borrowed. One of the little like orb things is borrowed by Phil, and he starts like kind of trying to like fly away. He's gonna act as a decoy to get them all away. Fuko interferes. Is like, hey, if the thought of not being able to see your mom again makes you sad, then imagine how sad your mom would be if she couldn't see you. And that seems to catch Phil a little bit. Uh, they start kind of flying away, and. 
they just know like, hey, they detect electrical impulses stimulated by the brain due to emotional stimulation. Do you know what that means? Phil has them. He has feelings stronger than anyone's, and they're right there inside of him. And Phil ends the chapter by just going, hold on, Mom. I'm going to save you. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a chapter that continues on from the uh, stuff that was really strongly hinted at before that Phil's got, uh, you know, emotions. He just can't express them because of his robotic body and not really understanding what the hell he's experiencing. Um, and I do, you know, appreciate this idea of like, hey, he's got like feelings the way that everyone does. But so but people just have the wrong initial impression about him because he's not expressing them the way that most people would uh-huh. uh and it's also just like kind of like he's kind of immediately enduring because his body is so beat up uh after what he's been put through having you know weird alien uh beetle things chewing on him uh-huh. and uh yeah i want him to save his fucking mom yeah that'd be that'd be nice I'm glad uh, that it didn't turn out that his mom was dead already, because that would have just been a real awkward thing. Like, hey, everyone's getting a happy, a happier conclusion in this timeline. Not the six-year-old. No. Sorry, Phil. All right, we can't win them all. All right, so you gotta take a couple L's. All right, the big guy needs his wins. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if this means that since Phil is unfeel, uh, Phil might not get their negator powers then, or something like that. Or I wonder how they're gonna approach that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen that there are uh, abilities that, of course, manifest in different ways, so maybe it'll be the same with him. Who knows? All right. Good chapter. Yep. Uh, I guess we are on Spy Family next. Spy Family. It's uh, Mission 80, which is actually a direct continuation of the previous chapter that we didn't really see the need to spend a whole lot of time on because it was just about Yor getting drunk and realizing that she doesn't have a lot about Lloyd to complain about, which seems kind of weird. She wakes up uh, still a little bit tipsy from the previous night, but she remembers how the way that she behaved uh, and is like, oh, God, uh, what did I do? Uh, un- unfortunately, Anya leaves the, the, the apartment very quickly, uh, which is not so great. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's like a bit where she's going out to the zoo with Becky and there's just kind of a cute moment where uh, she's on her way out. She says, come home soon, Papa. And Lloyd's like, you're, you're the one who's leaving, not me. So I don't know why you're saying that, but oh, well, yeah. Yor uh, comes out of her bedroom uh, and uh, there's this kind of like understandable like, you know, tension of like, oh, you were really drunk last night. How are the two of us going to address it? Uh, And so she's still focused on the whole like, oh, I've got to have a gripe about the person I'm married to. Uh, And Lloyd, meanwhile, is worried that like she actually is like, you know, not happy about their fake marriage, which would be bad for him if that were the case. So he decides to just kind of like, approach it immediately and it's like hey you know if you've got some like some some sort of issues uh, with our, our our life here then you know just let me know and he was like god damn it no no he won't let me he won't let me have anything so she's like okay well if i don't tell him what my gripes are then he can't just get rid of them so she says i have gripes about everything and lloyd's immediately like oh what no and she starts to get into like, no, I, I am not satisfied with our life together. And her brother Yuri comes in. Just like, nobody invited you. 
nope, nobody. Why are you coming through the door like you own the place? Stop that. Um, but of course, he immediately hears this, thinks that Lloyd has not been treating your very well. Uh, and, uh, you know, he says like, oh, I warned you, Lloyd Forger, that if you ever tried to make my sister cry, I'd have you execute. I mean, I would be upset because nobody knows what I do for my job except Lloyd. Yes. Uh, so, you know, your is immediately in the position of like, I can't just like explain why I'm trying to have a gripe with Lloyd, basically, just because that's a normal thing. Uh, and Yuri, you know, suddenly switches tax from, oh, instead of like being angry at Lloyd for this, I can use this to, you know, like get your to dump him like I've always wanted. Except he mumbles this to himself out loud instead of just thinking it to himself privately. And Lloyd literally calls him out on it. Maybe Yuri's not very smart. I don't know. Yuri's uh, just the dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so immediately he just switches to just the, the, the straightforward approach of like, hey, you're, why don't we just like, oh, let's go down to the courthouse and get you divorced. Come on, let's go, let's go. Uh, but Lloyd is trying to handle things, you know, tactfully instead. And is just like, hey, have you like been holding on to like this, this grievance you've got for long? And yours just says like, oh, no, just since yesterday. Just fully honest about it. Uh, and Lloyd's immediately like, what's happening? We didn't even see each other yesterday until she got home. Did I do something? Did she get like really, really, really upset very suddenly? Is there something I did? I've got to remember. So he tries to replay it over in his head and thinks to himself like, oh, wait, maybe she learned about something about me when she went drinking with her co-workers. But I don't know anything. I've never had any contact with them. Maybe they learned about my true identity. And so eventually, you know, Yuri's like, apologize for what you did to my sister whatever it was and Lloyd's like yes you're I'm so very sorry and she says no no don't apologize I don't want to apologize to you because she's like I, I can't like have a gripe if he apologizes and tries to make up for everything so Lloyd's instead like you're right an apology isn't enough I will show you how I feel through my actions and make amends that way and she says no stop it stop being perfect uh-huh. basically uh, and then she turns to Yuri and is like, and you stay out of this. <laughs> Which, fair. Um, the phone rings. It is a message for Lloyd uh, saying that there is a patient emergency. Uh, which, of course, means there's some sort of case that he's got to work on. Uh, so your immediately sees on this like, wait a minute, this is a new opportunity for me to have a legitimate gripe. And so she's like, oh, you're, it's your day off and you're suddenly abandoning your family. How could you? Why? I, I can't be satisfied this way. And Lloyd, in a way that's a little bit not great, uh, but honestly, for his priorities makes sense, just says, sorry, or we'll talk about this when I get back. Because... He understands that the code that he's just been giving over the phone means that something very serious has happened, and he's got to deal with it immediately. Um, Yor's kind of happy with how things went, because she's like, yay, I have a gripe now. And that sounded legitimate, like we're an actual married couple and stuff. But Yuri thinks to himself, he just suddenly left in the middle of things unexpectedly. I think he's cheating on you, Yor, because, you know, he's an asshole like that. Uh, so she decides that they should, uh, you know, tail him and find out who who he's seeing instead of Yor. And Yor is still a little bit tipsy from last night, so she thinks this is a good idea. So they go and try and trail him, and immediately Lloyd's like, I am an am- amazing super spy, so I know that I'm being tailed. 
So yeah, yep. Uh, it is a little cartoonish to me that she drank like what one drink last night, got so drunk, and there's still a little drink in her this morning. I've I've never gotten that drunk. I'm still a little drunk in the morning. I don't know how much she had. I think we saw her down two drinks total. Oh, okay. I but. thought it was one of those like jokes where it's like one drink and she's flying. What? There was some alcohol in this tiramisu. I'm donezo. I mean, that is the case with your. It's been previously established that that happens to her. Okay. So, um, Yuri happens to spot a a contact giving him signs on the side of the, from an alley. So he's like, "Oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. You're really sorry." And so he has to run off. Uh. And uh, so Lloyd's like, okay, I'm not going to worry about that. And he sets up and he goes to the hospital. Apparently not spotting Yor, which isn't really like commented on or anything like that. Uh, but it's, I think that he doesn't actually spot her. Who, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't said, seem yeah, like he, he does. does. He says, I can't believe they're following me, even Yor. Probably hmm. best to shake them at the hospital. Oh, okay. Maybe I was just wrong about that. I probably was. Ninja says, "Gravel for me, Nick." Okay, your uh, <laughs> happens to sober up as Lloyd is heading into the hospital and just kind of goes, "What am I doing?" And just goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Why am I here?" It's just go home. Should if I don't have a, any gripes with with Lloyd, shouldn't that be a good thing? I'm just going to go home now. <laughs> Uh, Fiona uh, gives Lloyd some uh, the lowdown of the situation, which it turns out that there was a mole uh, that uh, got into uh, uh, Wise at some point, and they have uncovered the culprit, but he got away, uh, and they got away with some documents pertaining to Operation Strix, and if it gets into the East's hands, then the entire mission could be in danger. Uh, and we see that uh, this is actually the business that Yuri has been called away for, is that they have uh, heard of this agent that is trying to cross the border with information for them. So uh, a potentially big dangerous thing might be happening, and we'll see uh, how that develops soon. Yeah, there's going to be a conflict between uh, Lloyd and at some point uh, Yuri, it seems like. They're on opposite sides of this, and now they're going to be going into like direct conflict so it'll be curious to see what they do i don't i still feel like we're at a state where like the status quo isn't going to change i feel like that's just gonna all happen at once but i am just curious to see how they play it out mm-hmm. um yes I, I like i guess my favorite part is really just like you're having like a follow-up from last chapter be like yeah i guess i need to have grapes i have grapes i gotta follow you i gotta have grapes and then finally, like the last bit of alcohol, he's just she's like, oh, "Let's go go home." <laughs> just I'm I'm leaving. It's like okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And Quinn, it's time. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me let me get a big drink of water in now. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about. Oh my gosh. Um, what, I'm trying to 19 chapters of Eden. Yeah, we're at chapter 239. I think the last chapter we discussed was 222. So 18 or so chapters of Eden. Yeah. Zero. That's a lot. The, the long and short of this, guys, is nothing has really happened. If you remember the last time we talked about Eden Zero and you haven't been following it since then, 
the cast of Eden Zero went into Universe Zero. They're hopping multiverses to the good multiverse, the last multiverse. Once they're here, they can't leave. But in this multiverse, everything has been really good so far. Happy wasn't uh, a cat or a robot anymore. Um, people were alive. Uh, stuff like that. But in general, as we'll start to cover, that's just the running trait. Like they go to Norma, they they find uh, uh, Weiss, and his mom's alive. And like, oh, that's very sweet. And Sabir's just like a cool dude in this universe, kind of just like. Thumb, like just thumbs up motions is like maybe I'm gonna hit on your mom. Woo! Um, and Weiss is like, no, don't do that. But I'm gonna do it. I should note though, the last thing we talked about was when they met. Uh, Witch was still alive. Uh, I yes. saved a bunch of panels on my phone to kind of remember what's happening. You won't really be able to see unless I focus in here, like right next to it. Uh, the right. only reason I kept this is because there's a scene where Witch and Rebecca are giving each other massages. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, Rebecca is like, I want to give you a massage. And uh, Witch is like, that doesn't really do anything for me. And Rebecca's like, well, I want to do something for you. Rebecca, uh, or Witch says, okay, will you, could I use you as a guinea pig for my mind-numbing torture and pleasure massage? And then she motions over to like one of those crosses with like little manacles on it. And I was like, isn't it enough? That we have one dummy robot on this ship. Did we need to? Yep. <laughs> Is it absolutely necessary? Basically, Rebecca's just every robot girl's bottom. It, it, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And it's fair, I suppose. Uh, except she doesn't seem to want to be. That's the part that doesn't make it fun. Um, they meet Wise. He's fine. Immediately join up. They do this whole thing. Like, if you meet somebody, you start to, like, get your memories back of that person. You, like, flash over. I didn't know <laughs> they do that in the last season of Lost. It's one of the most emotional things for me to, like, think about. Here it is always funny because it never has an emotional beat to it. We'll get to another reason later. Uh, but we do find out where Hamora is in this timeline as she's, like, nervously seen in front of Drac and Joe. And he says, a poor girl being forced to pay her parents' debt. But the thing is, as long as your mother's nowhere to be found, the only choice is to collect from you. You have your mother's good looks, so I bet Aliga'd be willing to pay good money to take you on. Aliga Nick is the guy, the weird frog guy, who turned yep. women into furniture. So just want to yep. note, he is very clearly asking her to sell herself into something there. Yep. We cut over. The gang has arrived on... Uh, Forresta or Gilst, I think was the name of the planet. I can't remember the planet's names. Um, and they found Sister. Now, Nick, how do you think they they get Sister's memories back? You know, what's what's like the triggering incident for her that gets her to be like, oh, right, the other universe? Do you think it's um, like love? I, I think, you know, uh, Quentin, I, I, I think it must be like, uh, you know, like, uh, there's there's like a like a like an expression you know like a like a phrase that that uh, that Rebecca and Shiki use that she's come to associate oh. with them that uh, you know make, makes her think about all those you know times of friendship you know laughing and eating together and being good buddies on on, on the Eden Zero. Okay, what if instead of that uh, she started tying up Rebecca and she was like, "Oh, I've done this before," and all the memories from the other universe come back. Uh, I was going to show it to the screen, but I don't know if I want to show no. this one on video. Uh, it is meant to be a joke, 
Like, oh, this, because then she has a real one after that. Like, oh, all my friends, like real memories, not just like all the times I spanked Rebecca. Uh, but I do want to note, I did save an image on my phone where later on she does say this is the catalyst to wake her up. Well, she was like, oh, all my special times with Rebecca, I had to remember them. Even beyond that, like apparently uh, the cheesecake literally has plot relevance to it as revealed in this universe so uh they recruit her she still does work for rogue out which was a villain group i barely remember but in this one rogue out's like a good group who's trying to fight against drak and joe because drak and joe's a really bad guy but cheeky's like fuck that shit like i bet i could be friends with that bitch (laughs) (laughs) uh it should be noted that uh hamora did go to sell herself to the frog mm-hmm. guy but moscoy saved them all um yeah i don't recall if moscoy has an awakening moment he just seems to know and that's fine with me i didn't need more moscoy there is a mention of his awakening moment that he he says like oh i saw this and all my memories just came back it, we don't see it actually happen it's just that he says okay he, he saw his don't push button or something like that um yeah something like that something along those lines Everything, by the way, I should note, has been happening very quick, like a chapter, boom, chapter, boom. No yeah. time to really like, draw on anything. But then we arrive at uh, Belial Gore, which used to be a space station. Now it's a part of Gils, the planet. And this is where Draco Joe and the Elemental Four um, exist. And we have to take our time now because we have to reintroduce the members of the Element Four. But Nick, there's a twist. You remember who remembers of the Element Four before? Uh, Laguna. Yep. Uh, Clean. Uh-huh. And the others. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Clean is still there. And Jin, of course. Right, right. Laguna is not the water member of the, uh, Element 4, Nick. But who could it be, Quinn? The only other aquatically themed character in the series, Nick Poseidon Nero! The dice guy! He rolled the dice for the Golden Girls! Wow, so... He was, like, an emperor of the galaxy in the previous universe, and now he's the hopefully most important member of the Goon Squad. <laughs> You'd like to hope. Um, they, he has a line that he says to Shiki at one point where he's like, because a lot of cliffhangers in this portion of Eden Zero are just, this thing is different from your universe. Bum, bum, bum. So like an end of a cliffhanger chapter is just Poseidon Nero is a member of the element for it. It means nothing. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's so much. I need water just like Poseidon Nero. He doesn't need water actually. Yeah. Um, he also reveals to Shiki that he's like, my son Shura is operating the um the the emperor now but then like another chapter's cliffhangers he's like he is going to destroy that cosmos like (coughs) i'm help because he starts helping cheeky the reveal like a a plot point that all the characters are a little bit weaker than they were before because while their ether is where it would be after their three years of training in between like the the sure arc and then the whatever Cade cosmos arc or whatever their bodies have gone back to basically three years ago so physically, they can't keep up with their ether gear power. But beside Nero, is just like, well, if you use overdrive, it doesn't matter. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> so stupid. I, it's, this point, 
was really weird to me because we are told like no 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 it's not just a new game plus situation where they're just all automatically as strong as they were at the end of their adventures post time skip uh in the previous galaxy but they're fighting opponents that are only as strong as they were at the time no 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 they have all those techniques but their bodies haven't been trained to use them yeah and it's also, a very weird distinction. Nebulously, every all of their opponents have also gotten stronger. The way it's phrased doesn't make sense because the character who explains it is not from another timeline. But he goes on to explain, yeah, it's like a new game plus, though, in one of those games where every time you beat it, the game gets a little harder. You've unlocked super hard mode. Uh, and they use this as a justification for characters to fight people they've already fought again. Uh, right. Rebe- Rebecca fights the bondage dude from the Element Four, and it is one of the funniest exchanges. A chapter which we could have recapped live because it's very dumb. Oh, absolutely. Rebecca tries to fight and like falls, and she falls with her hands behind her back. So the the Element guy ties her hands up behind her back, and she's like, "What can I do? I can't use my ether gear. Happy is in the robot this universe, so I can't turn him into guns." And then, like, Happy shouts out from across there. He's like, you already have guns! And she's like, oh, yeah! And she, she just starts fighting. She just starts shooting with her hands tied behind her back. And I'm going to show an image. I'm going to uh, hold this up to the screen here. I'm just going to really zoom in. I want you to look at that middle yep. panel. Have you ever yep. seen Assy McGee on Adult Swim? <laughs> Which was just a butt with legs who shot guns. I can even make my ass do tricks. <laughs> That's all I saw. <laughs> I saw this shot. It was fucking Assy McGee with just a gun next to him firing. Uh, it's it's very, very silly. They do win. They, they beat everybody. Um, they off- Hermit, Hermit comes back at this point. She off just, screen, yeah. Just, just like literally sister says, I'm going to go find Hermit. I found Hermit. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, yeah, we, like, we don't have time for that. Which, to be fair... They also go to explain that, like, there actually wasn't going to be a plot in this world, in our universe. Like, there wasn't, like, a bunch of shit going on. So, there wouldn't have been... There'd been no reason to have, like, a plot here anyway. Um, but they, they finish everything going on with the the Element 4. And then are about to show down with Dragon Joe. But then she's like, no. I said I was going to be friends with this bitch. So, I am going to be friends with them. And he just kind of talks Dragon Joe into stopping. Because he's like... I saw your flashback before and I know you sucked the lives out of people, but you didn't want to. And then Dragon Joe's kind of just like, you know, I'm actually not that bad of a guy. I've only been killing animals this whole time. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I think for some people that's not much better, <laughs> but you know, I go off King, I guess. Um, and Dragon Joe is basically just like, look, I know I don't seem like a good dude, but like it's necessary to have darkness in this world. And the entire time, beside Nero is like laying on the ground, like smashed against a wall, but he's just smirking because he's like, I know you really want friends, buddy. You're like yep. my best friend. That, I know you just want pals. That's my buddy, DJ Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call him that, unfortunately enough. Um, so they just kind of end the situation there. Like, Dragon Joe, I guess, is now discovered he really does want friends, uh, even though he'll never admit it. Shiki's like, I made a new friend walking around. Everyone's like, I don't think they like you, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, so they're like, all right, cool. 
uh we gotta we gotta go other places now and uh, like we have to go find hamora because right. stuff's going on so they have to go what to sun jewel um i can't remember if this happens here because i didn't take enough screenshots during that little arc oh no it has this happens afterwards so they go to sun jewel you yes. recall previously run by madame Karanai. they're like right. oh my god i wonder what's gonna happen here Hamora is with them at this point, uh, but she's just like a shell of her former self. She hasn't yeah. had like the swap over memory yet or anything like that. But she did explain that um, Valkyrie is dead in her universe as well because yeah. her head got cut off after Hamora went a little too hard in the paint in a training she, she, match against like the Shogun's son. Who yeah, is the dude unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately, Lord Seiji was there to help me out. Uh, he was there the whole time, always, always relevant to my to my character. Uh, always, he's always been here in my life. Yep, oh. yep, yep, yep. Uh, the connection we're going to develop is, is going to not come out of nowhere. So yep. he's always here. So uh, Valkyrie was dead in this universe. Her head has been chopped off, and that was enough for her more to go like, go off on her own, try to be like, let me find my real mom. Finds mm-hmm. out like her mom's just kind of abandoned her and she's left with this this crushing debt from Drac and Joe, which is not really brought up again, by the way. Nope. Uh, they just kind of note that like, oh, Drac and Joe, he doesn't care anymore. Uh, so they go to they go to Sun Jewel. They find out Madame Kuranai is there. But here she's just Kuranai. She's not Madame. And she is the leader of like the like station uh, protection task force against the bugs. She's Earth Defense Force one, basically. Um and I, this is going to sound insane, but they have to give a reason why Madame Kurnai is good in this universe. So to like Madame Kurnai actually just came here on her own to make money, but she was so hot. This one dude was like, I need you to stay here forever. And if she tried to leave, he'd start shooting lasers from space at people. So she yep. had to stay here. <laughs> And it's, yep. it's this very elaborate explanation to just to be like, we invented some new dude who sucks, and that's now Madame Kuranai is good. Um Rebecca, or they they, they start having this big fight. It looks like things are bad. Hamora's gonna try to get involved. Who should show up, Nick? Valkyrie. She's still yep. alive. It she's fine. Out, she's fine. She's like, if you cut a robot's head off, it doesn't do anything stupid. Yep. So now, of course, we have to ask the obvious question, which would have, I'm sure, been been brought up as a really, really, like, bitter point. Wait, what the fuck? If Kuranai's not a bad person, and Valkyrie wasn't dead, then why the fuck was Hamura having to sell herself into <laughs> sexual slavery? Why did no one come and get her? Oh, there's an explanation, guys. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> they explain uh, that, well, Madame Kuranai, of course, could not have left because lasers from space would have killed innocent people because one jealous dude, which is fine. Uh, and you can't get on the phone, Quinn. That's just impossible. <laughs> there's no way. There's Nick a space phone? In this universe? Hell no. Space Skype? Nah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Valkyrie couldn't because Valkyrie recovered because, again, thanks to Lord Seiji. He's so cool, Nick. He's so cool and handsome. I can't oh, wait to see God. what that kid uh, gets to do in the future. He's so cool. Oh, man. What a great dude. Um, I bet he's going to be real important later on. Also, he fixed her. Yeah. So on top of being like an important noble son, he apparently is Anakin Skywalker. I can just put droids back together because. Yes. 
Valkyrie was like, oh, wait, Hamor already left. I guess Hamor didn't even wait till the body was cold before she's like, all right, I'm out. I gotta <laughs> like, go. I gotta get out of here, gang. Uh, so Valkyrie's like, well, what am I supposed to do? So she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find that space fortune teller. <laughs> so she goes With to Jalmay. And Jalmay's like, if you go to Sun Jewel, she'll show up eventually. Uh, so she does. She just goes and waits on Sun Jewel. But now everyone's here, seeing Valkyrie, brings all of Otherworld Homura's thoughts in. She's awakened. She's super cool. They also had to explain that she never owed money to Draken Joe. It was, uh-huh. it was just a mistake, basically. <laughs> so that way like we redeemed Draken Joe of being evil in any way, shape, or form to the characters we care about. Uh, so now the gang's all here. We even have Valkyrie back. Does Nick, this is truly the perfect world. Cut to the Eden House Baths. And I know what you're thinking. Oh Why do God. we have to cut here? Nick, it's because a brand new discovery is going to happen. My two, God. Two, two characters start training in the bath. And they're like, you shouldn't do that. And they're like, actually, Ether Gear you should. is at your strongest when you're you should, exclusive, you should exclusively do training while you're naked in the bath. Everyone who's wearing clothes while they use Ether Gear is fucking stupid. It's You should just be using nothing. Rebecca realizes, oh my god, my Ether Gear has always been the strongest when I've been nude. I've been that naked. Is- it's canon now. Remember that time when she was at her lowest point and like everyone was dead at Jack and Joe's hands and she was really despairing and so she activated her cat leaper to go back in time. What was she doing then? Taking the bath naked. Yep. <laughs> what are you going to do, Nick? Because here's the thing. I keep getting confused because they referenced the uh, other universe and I was like was she naked? I know she had lost the strip poker match, but I couldn't remember if they actually had taken all of her clothes off yet or not, or it was the threat of losing her clothes that was going to it. And I was like, I, I need to go. I was like, almost going to be like, I have to go back and check. Cause I was like, that's not nude. <laughs> if that's, the, if that's the point. Uh, but yeah, it, this is definitely like a moment of like, she'll, everyone will be naked in the future. <laughs> Don't worry guys. That's it guys. Oh man. All our, all our criticisms about the sex about the sexy stuff in in Ian Zero. No, no, no. Hero the God had a plan the whole time. It was always just part of the power scaling in Ian Zero. Everyone, the women had to be naked. It just made sense, Nick. When you think about it, if they're nude, their powers are stronger. So oh everyone God, should be fighting naked, except of course for Elsie, whose power is to make armor. She will <laughs> never get stronger never. if you can't get naked. Come on, what are you doing? God. Um, we are then given like a lore dump about how the Eden's One is here, but things are different in this universe. Ziggy is not here. He is not leading the Eden's One, I should say. The ship AI that has gained self-awareness and taken over has basically built itself its own robot body, which is way stronger. Actually, let me pull back. The four Dark Stars are there. Brigadine doesn't wear a helmet because we already know what he looks like. And then the Eration 6 Galactica all work on it. We know Acnoella and Dead End Crow are both members of it. Uh, which is Cure, basically. I think maybe they call him Dead End Cure in this. Um, and then 
they dropped three new names we never we haven't really heard of before. One of them is mentioned as being like Lady Freya, the master of every weapon that Valkyrie kind of considers a rival. Uh, and then they dropped the news that Master Xenolith is a member of the Eurasian Six. You're like, wow, that's actually a big thing because I thought the series yeah. had kind of forgotten about that character. He just hasn't been yeah. mentioned for a very long time. It might be the most interesting thing that has happened since the time skip. Is we'll the, get is to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. I can't remember if it comes up in the well, newest chapter or if it's later or earlier. Well, but I, uh, I, 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 mean, I, I need to mention the main guy's name. <laughs> right. It's it's it is. Well, so, let's let's say what it is for short first, because when you, when you say what it is for short, it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, they, they call him Void generally. Uh, yeah, pretty quickly, like if they're like Void is here or whatever, like something like that. Okay, uh, Fair but enough. the greatest mechanical king of the universe will ever know. His full name is Overnew Ethereon Void. <laughs> short for One Void. Oh my fucking god! What a loser! Because he's the Eden's one, so there had to be a reason why it gets worked in, and you you know it's Overnew Ethereon Void. <laughs> Uh, which I fully admit when I when I first saw it because of the way that it was laid out, I thought it was short for like Onev Onev. <laughs> yeah, I kept trying to pronounce. It. I was like Onev. That's nothing. <laughs> okay, so it did. So all right, I, I now have to wrap up. So they're now in the uh, Owie system. Owie system. I don't know why I call it Owie. Uh, yeah. The Owie system. Uh, they're gonna pick up Laguna, who is the leader of the resistance uh, for everything um there's like a whole bunch of stupid stuff where he's like uh, uh an actor and they're like oops we made a mistake because that's the only character detail about them that's the most been mentioned uh but they run right. into shura and shura and shiki kind of have a little bit of a stare down uh it's revealed shura is not as evil in this universe despite there being like a setup that like uh Nero was like, I think my grandson or my son is going to destroy the empire. I guess you could frame it as like, he's going to do something dumb and destroy the empire or whatever, but it doesn't. It was another one of those set up like fake outs or whatever, but he's good in this universe. He he loves his friends and he is legitimately in love with the Juna, the person yep. who in the other universe, he put a bomb up their anus. <laughs> Yep, it was true love. It was always true love. This is the proof, guys. Yeah. This is the proof. Uh, we, can't, we can't criticize the bomb up the anus plot point anymore. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. All all the oceans are here. Uh, even Psycho, the old robot grandpa, is still here because he hasn't been killed yet. Because in this universe... They've, got, uh, they've all got sure. wacky repartees in this, in this, in this version of events. <laughs> uh, Shara likes his uh, robot grandpa. Um... Which leads us to chapter 239. This is the most recent chapter uh, that we're going to recap. Then 239, it's him. And I apologize, I'm reading off my phone. I don't know if there's a browser-based version for this, but I stupidly bought mm. money into this without creating an account. So even then, I think I'm stuck to this device until that money runs <sighs> So, Shara is like, all right, you and me have to work together, Shiki. We can kill Xenolith because it's this big thing. Xenolith destroyed an entire planet. He just destroyed Forrester, just fucking blew it up, killed everybody, basically. Uh, also, <laughs> this is a fun point I need to add. Eggbot is alive and well in this universe. Yes, they specifically dedicate time to showing. <laughs> and I was, I, I have to say, 
I was really, really hoping when that eggbot showed up that the next page would have been being blown up. <laughs> another full page spread of it being shot. <laughs> um, so he's like, hey, uh, Xenolith is here somewhere on this planet. Oasis is harboring him somewhere. Uh, Shiki's like, it doesn't seem like Laguna knew where he was. Uh, sure, it's like you're a friend of Laguna's. It's like, yeah, and Xenolith isn't really a bad guy either. Sure, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This dude has killed an entire planet. Are you one of Xenolith's goons? And Shiki's like, ah, not really. We're kind of friends. Uh, I don't really know what to say here. Jura's like, look, Xenolith is on that planet. We know this. Like, do you know what that means? He could use his powers to wipe out everyone on this planet. And if we don't do something to kill him, many more people are going to die. And if we don't succeed killing him here, I'm making the decision to use the all link system to connect all the robots and stop them from functioning. And it'll be the only way to kill Zenith. And he's like, you can't do that. I won't let you. And sure, it's like, I would be doing it for fun. I have Android friends, too. And we cut to Psyche inside the ship. And he's like, it's just good to be thought of. <laughs> like, he really is just like, oh, I'm just happy to hear you say nice things about me. It, I, I, I feel like it makes sure even worse that he has to say, like, hey, I've got Android friends. I'm not. I'm not. I have artificial. a dog in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but hey, I like uh, if to protect this cosmos, I need to make tough decisions. Uh, cut over his ship that all the members of Oceans are on is being attacked. He's like, hey, what's going on? The four shining stars have basically boarded the ship and just beat up everyone on Ocean. So, yeah, new game plus super hard mode. Not much of a thing. Uh, it's basically just to create more awkwardness because Shiki's like, oh, God, now things are more complicated. Shura's really starting to like get agitated. It looks like a fight's going to break out. Laguna shows up. He's like, we're not here to fight you. We all want the same thing. We all want to defeat Xenolith. <sighs> there's so many things going on in this chapter. There's so many. There's, there's honestly so much packed in. They have, there's so many characters involved in this one chapter. They have to explain a bunch of other things because we, as we found out eventually, members of these groups knew each other. So like Jin has to be like, Callum, it's you. Callum's like, Jin from Robot Ninja School? How like how are you even doing? And we have to we have to have Laguna address the fact that Ajuna has joined Shura and she explains she joined him as an undercover spy, but has fallen in love with him. And I guess the dumb members of Oceans were like, she was a spy the whole time. But yeah. Micah is just like, it was super obvious she was a spy. Who cares? <sighs> There's a joke that witch is like our sister is like, ooh, when a spy gets caught. And he says, Emperor sure would never do such a thing. She was literally sexually tortured and mentally broken in the last universe. And they're making a joke about, hey, wouldn't it be fun if she were kinky tortured? It's like, fuck off. Very, very exhausting. Uh, they're like, all right, hey, look, Oasis and Emperor, uh, the Empire have been butting heads for a long time. We should do the same thing. Uh, and they're like, hey, we got a tip saying you are Breen Xenolith. Uh, and he's like, who is your informant? He says, a doctor in our science division. And there's a voice that says, it was the scientist. He started all of this. And they're like, that voice, it's a perfect match to Xenolith's voice sprint. But Nick, who is it coming from? None other than Eggbot! <laughs> Eggbot's there with Xenolith's face and just like, hello, I'm Xenolith. <laughs> And 
Yep. It's revealed that Xenolith was never an interesting plot point because Xenolith's body was actually taken over by the head researcher of the Imperial Space Department, Dr. Mueller, Nick. The evil doctor who tortured Jin and uh, Clean and did and other... Hermit. Uh, and Hermit. The evil doctor, he's here. And he's the bad guy. Yep. Why can't anything interesting happen in this <laughs> in this alternate universe? Like, it's 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 so weird because I know that this is supposed to be like, oh, it's the universe of potential where, like, everyone could potentially get their good ending. So, you know, like, all the things that, like, we really wanted to have happen in the last universe where, you know, things kept on having bad endings. People had to die and stuff. Hey, it's all right. Everyone's happy now. Uh, it's It feels like it's erasing a lot of drama. Uh, and a lot more interesting stuff to just like say like no none of that good stuff instead well how does the good stuff happen it's just good in this universe that's all someone dickish takes over the parts that were bad before basically even the people who were dicks in the last universe like hey i got attached to these characters so now they're good so there we go (laughs) it's it's just somehow less interesting than Zero ever was before. Yeah, uh, like, look, I don't necessarily have, like, a dog in the fight of, like, they're doing too many nice things in this universe. Because, like, I get it. That's what this whole whole thing is supposed to be. So I kind of get the idea. You're like, look, we want to make some of these characters redeemable. Um, Like, I get Poseidon Zero, or Nero. Like, I get it. He wasn't that big a dickhead before. I I get it. Even Drac and Joe, in a weird way, I'm like, I kind of get it. I didn't expect for them to still be like, he's still like a, he's still like kind of a gangster, <laughs> but like a gangster with friends. Yeah. And it's, it's not that bad of a jump for him. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of get it. Shura, I always knew was going to happen. I don't <laughs> My voice cracked there. Like, I always knew <laughs> this was going to happen. You're really emotional. <laughs> I always knew this was- no, I think it was just a burp. Uh, I always knew they were going to redeem Shura. Uh, like, the moment I set this up, I was like, I think we're going to do it just because they're setting up for everything good. Right. Once once we had, you know, that red string of fate bullshit that happened between him and Ijuna, where it was supposed to be sad that they were dying together. Like, you know that there was no way that he was going to be the same. It was like, no, no, no. Now they get to be happy together yeah. and stuff. Um, just very, very dumb things all around. The thing that's killing me is the writing is still really bad. It's still, there's constantly setups and fake outs so frequently, which like the way it's framed is the same way it was before. Like, I, I like Eden Zero has always kind of done this. I guess Hero kind of has recently just kind of like become part and parcel with this. But it's so much more obvious when you read it in a condensed format like this. Very clearly the Xenolith thing. Like, it's been set up for, like, four or five chapters now. Xenolith is an antagonist. Shiki has been wrestling with his, mm-hmm. like, complicated feelings on the matter. This is, like, a big deal. And then in this chapter, it's like, actually, Xenolith isn't evil. There's a much more evil person who's mind-controlling him. And it's like, God, there really just can't be an interesting thing in this universe. It just can't happen. It's physically not allowed. 
I think the thing that annoys me the most is the stuff that that involves Amora. I always had a little bit of a soft spot for Amora because, you know, she had an interesting uh, backstory and that had a lot of loss in it uh, uh. from her introduction. And this sequence of events has essentially reduced all the drama involved with her down to... Or are she and Seiji gonna get to see each other again and, and, and get married? And it's the amount of stuff that is just thrown away in order for uh, yes, to that point is really, really frustrating. Valkyrie has been brought back into the series after, you know, 200 chapters of like oh my god you know that's the big thing like you know this is the missing member of the four shining stars this big missing part of humor's backstory kind of the thing that i assumed would like be her wish if they were to meet mother would be to have her back uh and it's like okay yeah she's back and she's just you know just here she's just another very easily you know just like interchangeable member of the crew she's a girl who is drawn sexy and and fights good and that's really the only impression you get of her she doesn't seem unique personality wise uh, now that she's been removed from that drama of like the one that died uh and like all the stuff that was like motivating to some of these characters before is gone like why smother oh she's just fine now like all this stuff is just like they're fine now and I, I, I get it, because it's like, that's what they're trying to say. This is the perfect world. All the bad things that have happened, like, in this universe, it didn't happen or whatever. I just, at this point, I get, we discussed 18 chapters, almost like, what, like, four months or so, almost, of, mm-hmm. of chapters. It feels like the series should be done at this point. Like, we <laughs> we jump to these things, we see they're good. We move on. And I guess that's what it's doing. But again, we had like a chapter apiece for every fight against a member of the Element 4. Except for some reason, Clean and uh, Jin's fight against Sister, where we just cut back to it. And she's like, won't you guys learn? And they're like, we woke up in the middle of our fight. You just kept beating our ass. Uh, And it's just one of these things. You're just like, why are we spending time with these things? Like, if you want to do... You're everybody wins happy ending kind of thing. Like, I just wanted to move to the point where, like, obviously there's going to be a conflict with Eden's one or whatever and just end it. Like, I just don't feel like we need to spend all this time sitting here dwelling in this weird victory lap that, like, you fake adding suspense and drama to when it's immediately deflated in the next chapter. being like, actually, this person sucked and they never were cool. Um, yep. But everyone you liked from the old universe is here and they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Well, we're back in it, Quinn. Yeah. Woo! All right, let's do it. More next week. <laughs> oh, that was a long one. All right. Akane Banashi, everybody. It's story sixty one time machine. Uh so Akane has decided that she needs to learn more about uh, Shinta, her father, if she's going to, you know, try and get back to her roots as a Rakugoka, i.e. how her dad would perform stories. So she, you know, go starts going around to the other apprentices. Uh she goes to uh Koga. I think that's his name, first. Uh, and and is just like, yeah, I wanted to ask you about this stuff, and uh um he brings up to begin with i mean you've never asked me about it before and she says i mean would you want to hear old stories about your parents 
I'm like, that's all I do whenever yeah, I, I find somebody who knows my parents. I'm like, what was my dad like? <laughs> so, uh, you know, she admits, like, look, the only this entire time I've really only just seen him as just being my father. So uh, I but I need to understand really all aspects of him, including as a performer, in order to do it. Uh, so he says, OK, well, why don't you ask him yourself? And I kind of says, I can't. I mean, we don't have a bad relationship I talked to him about my friends and stuff, but ever since he got kicked out of the school, I've just never spoken to him about Rakugo. And I think he wants, he seems like he wants to distance himself from that. I think that he's supportive of my goal to be a Rakugoka, but so it's, it's, it's still a very awkward subject uh, for her at least to approach him with. And uh, she is told, yeah, and don't, I don't think you should ask master Shigama about him. Uh, so, uh, but he, he also says like, well, you know, he loved books. He would go to bookstores all the time. Uh, and she goes around to the others. Like, uh, Gurika says like, I didn't really know him all that well. Cause you know, I was the newest apprentice. Uh, but you know, he helped to look after me. Kyoji says like, he was always really direct and sincere. Uh, he got really cheerful when he drank and he, we would dance the capore together and stuff. And my says he was sensitive indecisive but when you needed him to step up he was the guy you wanted and even beyond that she you know while she is working and doing like zenza stuff she talks to other masters there uh they you know, are exchanging memories about stuff and she goes to talk to Aurora about it too and she immediately is just like forget about that hey did Hikaru kick your ass <laughs> that's at that exam it was pretty good right yeah yeah and then finally I kind of goes home and she talks to her mom uh, and uh, she says like, yeah, well, you know, he was able to uh, do, uh, you know, become Futatsume while doing changing time and stuff. Uh, I wonder, you know, do you feel like you can like pull off like acting like, you know, a married couple when you're doing the performance and it kind of is like, Ugh! so she's still trying to figure things out. Um, and, uh, her mom goes on to say like, you know, your dad and I, after you went to bed, we would have, you know, we would drink at the table and we'd talk about Rakugo. Uh, and I didn't really understand anything about it, but so it was more like he would talk and I would listen. But if you want to know about Rakugo and that earlier question, the quickest way would have been to share drinks with him back then. But that's impossible, obviously. Uh-huh. But Akane thinks to herself and gets an idea. Uh, her mom falls asleep uh, watching TV. And when she comes to, uh, she hears a conversation going on. Uh, but as it turns out, she's having a conversation with her dad. But not her dad, her dad. She is having an imagined conversation with him as if they're having a drink together from when he was the age that he was when he was still doing Rakugo. It's so sweet. Yeah. And it's really sad that like, she doesn't feel she can have this kind of a conversation with her dad for real. That That's bittersweet. The, 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 what's going on. Um, that's not the end of the chapter for some reason. <laughs> it's like that's a very big emotional climax. Yeah, I kind of wish it ended there. 
but she goes and reports back to Mykeru, uh, and uh, she says, you know, our discussion really helped me to understand Rakugo is a time machine. Uh, and Mykeru's like, huh. Uh, before I ask what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, carry it. But okay. Can you not headbutt the mic, Professor Peanuts? Mm. He's nope. literally gonna, he's gonna, gonna right do it. To, okay. Yeah, here we go. Talk it up there now. Yep. Uh, and then, like, time goes by very, very quickly, and we go to the day of the selection event afterwards. Uh, there's a nice little bit where we see uh, some of the others like getting ready to head out, including uh, the uh, old, the older uh, Rakugoka that we've been introduced to, saying goodbye to his family and his, and his kid going, "Good luck, Daddy." Uh, just to go home. Yeah, this guy's not, you know, some kid doing this. Uh, but yeah, that's where we leave off. Uh, it was a very cool moment that, I get, as we have said, it's kind of weird that it just wasn't the conclusion of the chapter. But we'll get into more stuff next week, I guess. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, I just want to say it's very, very good. I realize we probably should pick up the pace because we have so many series to talk about in like less than mm-hmm. an hour. Uh, but it's a good chapter. Yep. Buh, 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 blue box. Buh, 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 blue box. Guys, it's chapter 100. I want to see her. That's the chapter title. Uh, last time, Taiki sent a message to Shinasu just saying, hey, when you get back, can uh, I want to talk to you about something. And uh, after a bit of a pause, she texts him back. Sure. There you go. Which, you know based on the expressions that she was making in the previous chapter, that's one of those, like, I am not going to give away the emotions that went behind crafting this text message. Sure. Uh, Taiki meets back up with the New Year's group, uh, and then Kyo and Hina, who fell behind when he was, you know, helping out her out with her uh, injury, uh, they join up as well. Uh, and uh, so... They start hanging out. There are some conversations going on, including between Ayame and her sister, Karen. And, uh, you know, Karen says to her, like, hey, you know, you're uh, you're being pr- pretty pretty caring towards towards the team uh, you know, that you're being a manager for. Uh, and but she, she, and but she says, yeah, OK, I get it. And she says, you know, that boy with the glasses seems OK. And she's like, what? What about him? And Karen's like, you like him. You you seemed kind of jealous when when Hino was with him, and she's like, no 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 no. no. I like hottie esque hotties. <laughs> hottie esque kind of hot hotties are my type. Uh, for a she... mi- for a moment, Nick was like, phew. Yeah, don't correct me yet. Fuck you. I got it. Uh. She justifies it to herself by saying, like, she was just troubled because she knows how Hina feels about Taiki. Uh, and so she's, she's, she kind of, like, tries to laugh it off. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. I don't, I don't like him. Nah. I would never date anyone on the team. Nope. Uh we uh, then meet up with uh, Taiki's family when he, when he gets home. You know, he has, you know, New Year's stuff uh, going on with his family. Uh, and then he just goes to bed and he's like, when's Chinatsu Senpai coming back? Ah. Uh, he briefly mentions that there is a skiing trip on the 4th and 5th, 
Uh, but he's like, I want to see her. Uh, he thinks about uh, the text that went that he sent her, and then he's like, maybe I don't want to see her. Uh, so then he decides to go out for a run. And as he uh, runs, he passes by the court that he would sometimes, you know, kind of hang out at with uh, with Junatsu. He remembers them kind of playing a little bit together. Passes by the temple that they visited together and a bunch of memories as he's just kind of running around town uh, that he has made with Chinatsu over the year that they have been living together uh, all flash through his mind. And then even more memories, the time that they went to the beach together, the time that they met up during the school festival uh, until eventually he comes to the gym and he remembers all the memories that they have had there and all the special times that they've had. Uh, and he just kind of remembers specifically just like coming up while she was, you know, practicing by herself and her smiling while reading him. Uh, and then he goes back home. Uh, he, there is a nice little happy new year letter that, uh, that she not to has sent to the Unamata family just saying, Oh, thank you for everything that you've done for me. And he sees it and he's like, God, I want to see her just seeing her freaking writing just makes me feel that way. Just her being around makes me happy. That's the kind of love that I'm in right now. And hey, it's nice that, you know, he can have just that level of self-awareness and honesty that, like, I just really love this girl and she just makes me happy. Yeah. It's good stuff. I I think there's a lot in this chapter. I really do love, like, the walk down memory lane it's very funny you're like the nostalgia of a 16 year old thinking about their 16 years of life or whatever like <laughs> their 16th like all these things have happened in the past like eight months pretty um, much but yeah. it's it's very sweet we've we've gotten to see this in a longer time frame so it's nice for us to see these these places and these memories and i do love how he sees the gym and then it's like a full page of these memories it's nice it does yeah. does explain why the series is called blue box and the memories we shared in that strange little blue gymnasium or whatever yeah yeah i mean the the we, were, we have been talking in terms of the lead up of like, oh, does something big happen on chapter 100? And really, it was just kind of like a little celebration in its own way of like, hey, look at all the stuff that we've done so far. And it was nice to just have that, uh, not just revisit those memories, but specifically see the impact that they have had on Taiki. And it's like, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. All right, Nick, we have to talk about Cypher Academy and all those morgues. Is it a cheer now? Yep. <laughs> Chapter 23, Too Many Wars Spoil the Battleship Fund Broth. <laughs> yep. That old, you say the little time. I think that was, uh, that was, that was an offspring song. <laughs> we can't stop talking about Cypher Academy. The titles alone make it worth it. Uh, so we open on a kind of a weird scene of the... I don't know if they're like actually overseeing a freaking actual war map or if they're playing some weird version of Risk. That's where <laughs> we open up with Iroha. It very, it, they say uh, scrambling to study. So part of me is like, well, if they were actually taking part in like a war, they wouldn't be kind of studying, right? See, so yeah, I have to think it's some simulation of some kind. I guess, yes. Uh, Yukiko, 
uh, passes by and gets a little bit like passive aggressive with Yoroha, like, oh, trying to study now that you're the leading private. Well, be better keep it up. And she walks out and then immediately collapses to one knee, going, I shouldn't have been mean to him. Why am I so mean to him? (laughs) And Taya just like, just. Just apologize to him. Just apologize like I did. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? You never did that. <laughs> uh, but Iroha happens to like be listening through the window and says like, hey, look, if you feel like there's like this unresolved tension between us, let's settle things once and for all. Either through a code battle or a dance battle. And immediately, <laughs> immediately got to a two-page spread of the dance battle. <laughs> I love this stupid school. <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually the two of them like collapse. They went to like the basketball court in order to, in order to have this out. Uh, and they're still kind of like not refusing to concede that they were having lost. Because there was no uh, the judge. Battle. No one can decide who won in this. It's a dance contest. It's an arbitrary it's not- thing. Tayu was with them and is like, I'm not judging this shit. Yeah, fuck fuck that. That. <laughs> I'm not judging this as, as surely as I definitely apologize to that kid. Yeah. <laughs> I already apologized. I don't need to do anything else. Uh, we get uh, her uh, calling back all the way to, hey, that puzzle that was given to Roja that he could not actually solve before. And she says, like, yeah, so the code that I gave you you did not have enough information in order to solve this because it's not really a code, it's a password meant to update Glass's weapons from AR to VR! Wow, Nick, we're going to the metaverse! Oh my god, we're gonna meet the VR troopers, finally! Oh my god, I hope I have the one I had an action figure up. I don't know his name, but I played a lot with him. I think it was in a discount bin, and I got him for maybe a couple dollars. We are VR troopers. Hell yeah. Oh man, now I'm gonna look up VR troopers. I don't know. God, when is that going to be coming to a streaming platform near us? Come on. Yeah, I need to see everything that Ryan Steele and Caitlin Starr, all their adventures. Ryan Ryan Steele. (laughs) Uh, They go on about the glasses weapons, true power for a bit. uh, And then Iroha uh, does a weird swiping motion because somebody has just arrived. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> they're carrying a cane, so you know that they're serious business. Yeah. Uh, the newcomer says, I never thought I'd see you m- meekly wait behind a boy. You've devolved into an adorable heroine, haven't you, Yukiko? And Yoro's like, they know each other? Is that a boy? No. All the boys have to sleep in the same room in the dorm, so there should be a male student at Cypher Academy who I don't know. And Taiyu's like, man, Really sucks to be a boy at this school. Doesn't <laughs> like, wow, boys suck here. Like that fucking blows. Uh, so the cane wielder presents Iroha with a code, which has a bunch. Hold of, on, uh, can we just note what they say? They say it doesn't matter whether I'm a boy or a girl. It's like <laughs> it's the movie like The, the Fish Tale. Like, All right, that's the reference I totally get. Anyway, here's a code for you to solve. <laughs> here's a bunch of clocks. Figure it out, bitch. 
bunch of clocks, all of them with the minute hand pointing at the 12, which Aroha seizes upon while doing his ice cold reading uh, and says, like, well, if you look at it this way, all of these have clock hands like this, where the hour hand is not pointing directly at an hour, but the minute hand is pointing directly at 12. In other words, it's not a 12 hour clock. It's a 24 hour clock. So if you translate it to these Greek characters, <laughs> then the word... <laughs> Yeah, the, the the phrase gives their name, which is Shitai Kubinashi. So Kubinashi says, "You are invited to the the leaders' peace conference, and we need to unite the six leaders' six passwords to update the glasses weapons so that we can mine the fifty billion morgs worth of cryptocurrency. It's finally happening. The cryptocurrency mining has morg morg. Uh, but there's a complication to this because, of course, Iroha gave away his glasses weapon." And he gave it away to Toshusai, who is being approached by one of the other leading privates in Validase, Yunakyugisu. What's going to happen now? Oh my god, is this going to be the part where the rival gets their ass handed to them and... <gasps> no! A solving, a solving a puzzle game? Uh, <laughs> no, Nick! I don't want that! I like Toshisai. This She can't be the Joey Wheeler of this. She's the clue to the Sonokaiba. <laughs> She's got to be the Kaiba. <laughs> I do love, again, just how this, how Toshusai serves cunt in everything she does. She's walking down this hallway, arms crossed. Of course her arms are crossed. Someone, she recognizes someone's behind her, and she turns, like, full side, but her arms stay crossed. She's like, what do you want? Uh... Unfortunately, she did not say a butt uh, a butt slang uh, in this instance. Yeah, unfortunately, so. she didn't have one right at the ready, or maybe she already got them out for the day, and she's like, "I don't need to do more." I don't need to do that. Yeah, I've put that shit behind my ass. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she's like, "Fuck!" It doesn't carry over to the next day. I'm just wasting good butt material. <laughs> I'm just buttoning when I should. Ah, damn it! Ah, no! <laughs> Uh, I knew I was the butt of the joke. Ah, mm, mm. Just making an ass about. No, no. <laughs> she just, she just, rips, talking. She just rips her own tongue out. She's like, <laughs> show to me. Yeah. <laughs> just so silly. Uh, this is such a funny oh chapter. God. So much weird stuff is going on. I love the series. It's so over the top. I love to just have a random ass dance battle. <laughs> in the middle of it and it's great the art's incredible it's just truly phenomenal and then it just ends and they're like i didn't lose you lost and i don't think i lost no it didn't no 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 you're wrong very very funny very silly yep fun enjoyable pretty short chapter if you just kind of like do what i did and mostly zone out during the explanation of the vr abilities of the glasses went what do you mean, Nick? We have to know all about its metaverse capabilities. Oh so, they, so I know how they interact with all my favorite metaverse content. Like, I just need uh, every, lines. like, just fallen out of favor uh, internet fad to come up in this in this thing. Just all of them. Please give them to me. We're gonna like, have, we're gonna... we, we have to Harlem shake our way to these morgues. <laughs> we're going to have AI art coming in in about two months more of this, of this series. <laughs> oh, yeah. You give it time. They're like, AI is taking over everything. You have to do... <laughs> An AI puzzle fight. <laughs> Wait a minute, the hands on this thing look really weird. I think this is fake. Damn it, he's seen through. You how have you figured out this puzzle? Like, I didn't even need the LASIK for it. It's just really easy, actually, to find it. 
Oh my god. All right, let's keep the ball rolling. We're talking uh chapter 2 of Do Retry. Uh money comes first. Uh so uh, the sister uh, she's been checked into the hospital, but oh dear, it it costs more money uh for the upkeep, of course. So our protagonist has got to get some more money in order to make sure that Akari, you know, doesn't die of the tuberculosis. So he does end up going back uh to Yuka, the Byakuza boss. Uh, but instead of begging for more cash, he says, I want to thank you for covering my sister's hospital costs and gives her like some, you know, like 10 yen, basically, uh, and says, like, you helped us to avoid the worst case scenario. Uh, and this is all that I managed to make through my day labor. So I'm going to pay you back all that I owe you. Owe you. Like, I don't agree with all the stuff that the Yakuza does, but, you know, I, I, I feel like this is the right thing to do. You could think this is, this is really amusing. And she's like, look. The Akaza, I know, does get up to some really shady stuff, but we also have a very varied business. For our group, the Torai group, we don't do anything unrefined. We use boxing as our business, Whoa. but they are still, but they are still the Akaza, so they probably do do some shady stuff. But we need to have very. Just, just, just go with it. We have to, we have to say that, like, no, there's no moral complications here. That might be interesting. As we uh, recall from famously unproblematic singer Robin Thicke, it's all about those blurred lines, Nick. <laughs> you know you want it. That's right. Yeah. Truly, uh, the most abhorrent song of our lifetime. Uh, yeah. So uh, somehow. <laughs> Somehow our protagonist boy is surprised that Yuka is the boss, even though she's clearly been the boss the entire time that he's come across her. Uh, uh, and uh, she's like, yeah, I don't approve of us, you know, making money except through the honest means of boxing, beating the shit out of opponents in a fair ring, essentially. But of course, it's the Yakuza and the place is filled with bad guys. A creepy scarred guy named Kuroiwa comes up behind our protagonist boy and as a way of saying hello, punches him in the in the stomach really hard. You know, this guy who's like 14. So what a big manly man he, he is. Uh, but he gets back up and the guy, they're all like, oh my god, this guy's pretty tough, huh? Uh, and they keep on beating him up and it's like, oh, it's a way of indoctrinating people into the Yakuza. You beat the shit out of them and see if they can take it. Uh, and uh, Yuka's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, and then he gets hit by a car, and he's still fine. He gets up, keeps on running, uh, gets chased through the street. While all the people in the street are like, hey, it's those Torai group guys. Look at them, chasing a small child with a gun. Ha, ha, ha. This is weird, very weird. <laughs> um, but uh, after he gets the ship beat out some more and keeps on getting back up, they eventually form, you know, a, a like a lumberjack uh, match around him, like a, an actual like lumberjack thing where they form a circle around around the fighters. And so uh, they start uh, he, he starts to fight back. Uh, and Yuka's like, come on, Kuroi, look, he, he, look, look at this. This is enough. You don't need to fight anymore. The crowd is throwing money at your feet. That's how you make money doing boxing is you excite the crowd and then they just give you fucking money. It's that's why welcome to the WWF kid. Uh, and um, so he's like, look, if you if you fight this way, it's an honest way of doing it. You'll make money. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I have any other choice. And I'm, I'll do it. So he agrees nor do in order to save his sister's life. Yep. Aww. It sure was a chapter that uh, reiterated things we learned in the previous one. 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's meant to be very funny. Like, oh, they're going to chase after him with weapons. Oh, he gets hit by a car. Like, it's very cartoonish and silly. And like you do, I am like, okay, I am getting bone collection energy from some of this. <laughs> um, I'm still just kind of at this place where I just don't feel anything towards this series. Um, I feel like this protagonist doesn't have very similar actually to bone collections protagonist i feel like they have two personalities which is like in anxiety kind of fueled trauma of like reaction to things like ah i gotta run for this thing and then like when they're not doing that they're just kind of protagonist um so i'm i feel like i'm hoping the next chapter is just like a good boxing chapter and at the end of that, I'll be able to be like, okay, I get an idea what fights in the series are. Because I still feel like I haven't really seen it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm still kind of waiting to see what action the series is going to look like. We just see, like, the knockout punches, really, which I guess is what you want to see. But, like, I still, like, none of them are, like, stealing into my mind when I watch them or anything like that. I want to see, like, this is supposed to be, like, a period sports piece. I want to see the sport. Yeah. Uh, it feels like this was really the only thing I feel like was accomplished in this was establishing was like it's okay that he is doing stuff for the Yakuza. It's okay. It's cool. Which, yeah, it's fine. So it's like, all right, yeah. cool. Uh, now Nick, we're gonna talk about good chapters. So we gotta talk about New Exorcist, or as yeah. I first read it, New Sexorcist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, it, like the the what do you call it? Kerning, I think is like when letter spacing exists. It's, There's not great. It's separation so close words. to New Sexorcist. <laughs> Especially because that apostrophe is knocking the s away from New A. So yeah, it does really make it seem that way. Yeah. Oh, guys, look, it's a new exorcism series. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is pretty This is pretty iconic. We haven't had a new exorcist series in a while. <laughs> uh, chapter one, portrait view of the sky. There is a spirit who takes the form of a human woman who is just kind of stuck in a room of a school building uh, and has been stuck there for 60 years. She's been waiting for someone to show up in this batch of students that will hopefully set her free because she says, if someone doesn't show up this year, I'll have to say goodbye to the humans. Not really something that really comes up in the entire rest of the chapter from that point of like the time limit that she's apparently operating under. Uh-huh. Uh, we meet before we get to know our protagonist guy, uh, Yugata, we instead meet a bowl cut glasses dude named Zeno who is being uh, bullied by some guys and he starts talking trash to them and just like fuck off leave me alone and they're like oh I guess we need to beat the shit out of you and instead Yugata's like oh not Yugata Yajima sorry he's so memorable uh, he uh, he he is like oh I, I'll buy you guys lunch instead and Zeno comes up to him afterwards like hey come on you didn't need to do that let me pay up, pay for 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 it with you and he's like no it's fine oh i'm always so nervous because there's evil spirits everywhere and they feed off of bad and energy from humans so it's good to not have bad things happen ever because then they get scary uh so he tries to go up to the roof bunch of bad spirits come out uh, and he's like no this reminds me of the huge spirit that killed my dad (laughs) okay uh, but then Nui shows up and just like dissipates the spirit. Just like, no, go away. It's gone. 
Uh, and Yajima's like, oh, I'm oh, okay. And she's like, hey, are you okay? Wait, this woman's a spirit. And she's even worse than the one that killed my dad. My dad. <laughs> I don't know. I think that we might have to read this series. Quit it. <laughs> I'm kind of attached to this voice now. <laughs> Daddy! Dad! <laughs> uh, so Nui says, hey, I've been waiting for you a long time. This is the first time in 60 years that a human has actually managed to get to this room. And, and, Naj- and Yajima realized, like, wait a minute. I was trying to get to the roof. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't uh, the roof. No, I didn't ask for a room with a sexy lady. I wanted the roof. Oh no! And even worse than being a strong and sexy lady, she's good at video games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a detail that I'm very confused by because she's been stuck in here for sixty years. Where are the video games coming from? Why does she like playing video games? They put Lauren here to explain, like. Oh, there must be a reason because she knows about like she has like the latest manga and video yeah. games. So like it must be a plot point that she has a way to obtain these things. But it is, it is very silly. She must have that famous internet connection that was available 60 years ago so that she could do online shopping. She's been whooping my ass on the ladder for years. <laughs> so she always plays zoners, that bitch. <laughs> No, not the infinite break combo. <laughs> Stop uh, corner locking me. God damn it. And I don't know about a wave dash. <laughs> uh, so uh, after they've established that Nui is good at video games, she says like, hey, you know, it's, I'm glad that you, you know, were willing to actually like hear me out and keep me company uh, and stuff. Uh, you, you know, apparently were able to shake off your fear of me and everything. And she's and he's just like, oh, I feel like you would have been really lonely and stuff. And so he was like, oh, you're a good person. And she literally applauds for him being a good boy. Aww. This is very demeaning. So uh, she explains like, yeah, I've, I've been sealed here at the school and... That the cause of it is that there's all these uh, that that's because of that there's all these spirits hanging around and stuff and they start to amalgamate together and that can be very dangerous when they gather up and pile on each other when that happens spirits can kill humans maybe you've seen that before right oh, with my dad, dad! <laughs> dad! Uh, no, I remember so- you died. Uh, so Nui says, like, hey, listen, I can lend you my power. And if I do that, you can defeat those dangerous spirits. And he's like, no, my dad was killed by spirits. I can't do that. <laughs> and he pees himself and runs away. No, no, no. Someone else pees themselves, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes them up. Uh, Zeno, meanwhile, uh, tries to stand up for Yajima and be like, you guys were being dicks. And they beat him up and strip him down to his underwear and that is how he remains for the entire second half of the chapter just in his yeah, tiny we just, we need to be, well, all right we'll get to it we'll get to it uh well yeah so this all happens evil spirits gather out because the bullies are being bullies and negative energy is circulating around and yaj was like no stop it you'll all die like my dad if you keep this up and, uh, yep, the spirits come around, and Nui is like, oh, shit, it's happening really fast. And as one of the bullies is going to beat up Yajima, uh, a spirit shows up, manifests, blows up the room, and rips his arm off. 
and they're like a weird ninja thing uh in appearance uh-huh. uh and so so everyone's like sexy oh my ninja. god sexy ninja yeah sexy 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 big boob ninja but also yeah. there's too many eyes in that face so there's bandages covering it well yeah. i want her to step on me and look me with all those eyes nick would not be a problem for many people i understand okay. yes uh arm ripped off bully turns to the other two bullies and is like guys kill it and one of the other bullies is like, no. And it looks at him. <laughs> no, dog. I'm just going to piss myself. <laughs> he, he does it very calmly. Uh, he's like, oh, no. And the spirit looks at him and he's like, uh, <laughs> gotta go. And screams and runs. <laughs> just like such a weird way. Like you would never suspect he had peed his pants if literally the sound effect piss didn't come out of I want to like isolate that panel and just insert it into chapters of care like just randomly <laughs> different series just every so often you cut this guy he's like oh little sound effect piss <laughs> uh, bully tries to win, run away uh, the sexy big boobs ninja many eye spirit thing goes to kill him and Yajiba goes no that guy's gonna die like my dad just like dad <laughs> Uh, so he, but he's frozen in fear. He can't act. Uh, but instead, Zeno, tiny whitey Zeno comes leaping in and pushes him out of the way from being cut up by Big Boobs Ninja Eyes uh, spirits, and says, "No, I'll stop it. You guys run away. I'll be the decoy with my tiny whiteys and this chair." And uh, yeah, just like, well, why Zeno? And Zeno says, because I made up my mind. Zeno is the coolest character in this manga. Why is this manga not about Zeno? Yeah, he's been beaten up by a bunch of bullies. He's tripped down to his underwear. And he's like, yeah, I'll fight that and stop. Yeah, spirit to he's save like, your yeah, lives. I'll fight this bitch. I'm going to fucking go fucking fucking wild on this bitch. Uh, gets uh, punched and immediately starts coughing up blood. Uh, and yeah, I was like, oh, I remember when my dad died. I don't want to see anyone die. That's why I've always been peaceful and gentle and stuff so that no one would get hurt. But then, oh, wait, what did my dad say? All oh, right. Uh, and he's like, oh, I protected you. I'm pretty strong, right? Oh, no, if you're not I, strong, you don't get to make choices. But, my, I, but Zeno and my dad are strong, and that's why they made choices. I forgot my dad was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta get strong. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta put your wrists up. You gotta, you gotta punch them. I don't care if they're. Oh, well, Dad, Dad, you're being really uh, unclear. Can you, can you, you know, like clear your throat and then reiterate what you just said? Uh, it appears that my pancreas is good luck, did you say pancakes? <laughs> pancreas. Why oh. is pancakes? Then we like, yeah, my pancakes on the table fell over. I'm going to look to the floor. Goodbye, son, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Yajima realizes he's just been running away from confrontation his whole life, but now he's like, I want to choose the path where neither I nor others get hurt! And he stands in the way of the big boob ninja spirit mini-eye lady, uh, and takes the hit, and goes, No, no, I'm coughing up blood! Sorry, Zeno, I couldn't do anything, but I wanted to be strong and find a way to save everyone! Uh, and as the spirit moves in to kill them, Nui gets in the way, blocks it's like cutty sh- shawls or whatever you want to call them and says, all right, then I can train you up. Uh, 
she there's an explanation for how she's able to manifest here, which is she attached part of herself to him. So now she can at least manifest outside the room. Uh, so she says, I can't do very much right now, but what I can do is either give you to guaranteed safety or grant you power. So make your choice. And Yajima's was like, I want power. I want power so my dad doesn't die. Oh, wait. Oh. I remember my dad doesn't So she's, he introduces himself as Gakuro Yajima to her. And Yui says, all right, then. Things are going to get tough from here on out. So give it your best. And in return, I promise this. I shall raise you to be the strongest warrior capable of saving everyone. Now you have a Zanpakuto. Go fight. Uh, so he uh, has swords and black flamey bits coming off of different parts of his body. Uh, and he can block the uh, ninja lady spirit big boobs attacks. Uh, and then when he goes for his sword, uh, he's actually really, really, really strong. Uh, and he swipes it once and uh, cuts the ninja big boob spirit mini eye thing in half. Uh, and Nui's like, ah, oh, what talent? Totally worth the wait. Uh, and uh, Zeno, who's still in his underwear, is like, Yajima, you were amazing! Uh, and Yajima's like, oh, I feel like I shouldered some kind of incredible responsibility, but this time I wasn't shaking at all. And uh, that's our that's our introduction to this uh, new new news exorcist series. Uh-huh. Nick, you seem super excited about it. Uh, sure is an exorcist series. Uh, <laughs> it is. I-, I will say I did like it. It's a weird thing in that I did leave the chapter more enamored with uh zeno than uh the main character i was like yeah zeno's super cool uh this dude just kind of like a little bit of a nerd um so it's a little strange there but i I thought it's fine i don't think it has anything particularly special to it but like i was like okay i can i can i can get on board with reading i think two more chapters of this before i had to make my decision yeah, it's uh, very much like it didn't really do anything for me to uh, either be like invested or to set me off of reading it. Yes. It's just kind of like, yep, that's about what I expected. So All we'll right, see. Nick, let's talk about Tenmaku Cinema Chapter 5, where it finally happens. Chapter 5 on her beach, uh, which uh, sounds kind of like weird. Uh, so it's, uh, still continuing like location scouting, but this time Hajime has gone out with, uh, Karaku. Uh-huh. And, uh, so they're, they're going out and uh, they're, you know, trying to find a proper, like actual beach location, because of course that's the big climactic scene of the movie. And, uh, so Karai is like pointing her finger and being really loud about it. It's like, this place is great. We should use this place. And Hajime is like, you're a famous actress they're they're, they're gonna, you're gonna draw attention to yourself you say like, it's okay i'm wearing a disguise she's just wearing a ball cap and sunglasses that's it that's <laughs> that's the best disguise you can have though nick yep um tenmaku has brought a beach umbrella because uh he's gotten car sickness which ghosts can get i guess uh and Hajime rightfully points out, like, where the hell did that beach umbrella come from? And he just says, apparently I can just speak one. <laughs> so, all right, good to know. Uh, they keep on, you know, like, trying to do scouting locations. Hajime asks uh, Karai if she's going to be able to actually, you know, do all this stuff uh, while she's got her own schedule to work on. Uh, and But she's like, hey, look, look, for this last scene, we need a quiet spot on the beach where the tourists won't wander into the shot. 
Uh, Hajime says that he wants to stop by City Hall because they need to figure out what kind of rules they need to follow for different shooting locations they want to get. There's a lot. They, they basically go over a lot of the really, really, you know, the things that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to shooting a movie, which is like rights, equipment, all that stuff. Uh, and then we go on for a little bit about, you know, what they're going to shoot on. A cell phone. They're going to shoot on a cell phone with like a steady arm thing attached to it, which Tenmaku, of course, is completely un- unfamiliar with uh, because he's like, don't you need like a big camera with film and stuff? It's like, no, it's all digital and stuff these days. Uh, and you're able to just like if you want to edit stuff, there's apps you can get for really cheap, too. So that's what we're going to use to make it because we have no budget. Uh-huh. So there we go. Uh, they go back into into like the town for a bit. Uh, they're they're shooting stuff in an alley, and Hajime is like checking out all sorts of weird different positions. He's like getting fully on the ground and and shooting at stuff. Uh, and he's like, okay, why don't you try like standing over here doing this? Uh, and then also he just kind of starts shooting like random stuff that's on the side of the road. Like, hey, there's a cat that's sitting here having a having a, having a big yawn. Look at that! I look at that, that good cat. boy. I want to see yeah. this movie now. Uh, so you know, Hajime is you know just kind of establishes like. While we're out here doing shooting location scouting stuff, I'm also trying to get B-roll footage so that we have more stuff to cut to. I so do like this. I think this is like, like if, I mean, it's it's not mind blowing to me. Like, oh my god, B-roll! But like, this does feel like an important thing for people to like who are new to movie like making process. Be like, oh right, I don't think about those shots that frequently. Yeah, it's a nice detail to include. Uh-huh. Uh. I, Hajime and Karai take a bit of a break. Uh, they have, you know, a drink together, and and he's like, oh, you know, come to think of it, I'm like out at the beach with a girl, and I've never done that before. And, and I also was like, you know, it's it's Karai, she's you know, famous, pretty movie star and stuff. And Karai, there is honestly kind of a, a nice little joke uh, where she's like, you know, she finished taking a drink, and she's like, hey, you want some shinichi? And he's like, ah! yeah, I'll go, buy, I'll go buy you one. <laughs> It's completely like you know. No, wait, Nick. We don't have to have two character be like an indirect kiss. Well, he starts to do that, and then she's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna buy you one." Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. But he's still not just like this is kind of just you know crazy that I'm going out doing this with a freaking famous actress. They then rush off to an isolated portion of the beach. There's just this. Very, very pretty looking shot of freaking water. Uh, just in case you forgot that Shinseki is good artist. Uh-huh. And uh, then she says, hey, there's something that I really want to do. Uh, and in scene five, there's this bit where they set off fireworks in the schoolyard. So I want to set off fireworks here. Uh, so let me go find a convenience store. And then she immediately runs like into a sign that says a, no fireworks. An enormous sign. I've never <laughs> seen a sign this large before in my life. Like signs that are about your like, watch out sharks in the water wouldn't even be this large. This thing's huge. <laughs> it is a very funny scene. So she she's really kind of bummed out for a second because she's like, I, I just wanted to do the things that Nagisa would do in this kind of location because I don't feel like I've really grasped her character. And so now I can't do this in order in order to figure that out. So Hajime tries to, you know, encourage to say like, oh, hey, you, you were having a freaking conversation with Nagisa before. I'm sure that you've gotten it. And she's like, well, OK, if we can't do the fireworks, I want to go practice a different scene. So wait for me here. So Hajime is like, okay, yeah, she's reflecting on how hard she works. And 
and uh, Karai comes back. Oh my gosh, she's wearing a bikini! Oh! I know, Nick. Everyone's been like, when was it going to get a little horny? And Shunseki said, five chapters, bitch. <laughs> I gave you four chapters. I can't chapters. take it anymore. I gave you four chapters. Nothing. I need something now. <laughs> me. This is for me. <laughs> That'd be weird if you should. <laughs> like, you can draw whatever you want on your spare time. I can't. We can't stop you. Uh, Hajime gets all flustered, and then Tenmaki says... What might be something even weirder than if you were just horny over it, which is, no, no, Hajime, be quiet. Yeah. Kimeki is about to go into battles. Like, what the fuck? Then she just, like, the next shot, she has, like, a full katana and she's fighting a monster. You're like, oh, Nick, it's an exorcist series. It's also, all of them are exorcist series. You just wait long enough. I mean, that is. The one shot, I guess, that uh, that uh, Shinseki and Sakuta were ran last time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, so this was a bit of an odd way to cap things off. But I mean, hey, whatever. They're going to do stuff on the beach. Sure. Fine. Yes. All right. Um, let's talk about Mashal Nick. Magic and Muscles, Chapter 155, Mash Burned Dead, and the Mage Who Became a God. So, last time, Innocent Zero has evolved. He is now this terrifying angel figure, and everyone's like, wow, he's so majestic now, like a god. Innocent Zero's like, yes, I have surpassed the human form and become a new deity. I am the epitome of all magic. I preside over heaven and earth. I create from nothing. I control the flow of life. You all are worms beneath me, but you have the glory to witness my awesomeness. And people just start bowing to him. Uh, he gives this whole big speech. And Mash, there's just a silent beat as Mash is staring at him. He's like, could you not use so many big words? <laughs> um, Innocent Zero has no more time for these shenanigans. He does a, a big spell called uh, Darkness Disaster. Uh, and mash is about to be attacked by one of these things so he prepares a finger flick and he flicks it away and like wow that's uh, an absurd amount of power but innocent zero is like i'm just gonna send a whole bunch of them at you uh mash like jumps to or he flicks the ground rather to like shoot himself upwards to avoid it and then he hides he literally just attaches himself to a rock so Innocent Zero's like, where did he go? <laughs> and Mash uses that time to get in real close. Looks like he's going to try to flick him to death. But boom, big, big clock spell. We just see in slow motion as he points his, his wand at Mash. He's like, I have dominion over time. You possess no magic at all. That truth should be all you need to know. Darkness! And shoots all blast out. And Mash just says, not yet. As everything kind of turns to white. And we just close on Innocent Zero saying, it is over, and this huge beam being fired. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's it's a little bit weird to see uh, MASH doing a ridiculous, you know, super muscle technique and be like, that's a Deku thing. <laughs> so it's really weird to see, like, one of MASH's really weird things be like, I've seen this in a shonen battle manga before. <laughs> not far, not long, not that long ago, actually. Yeah, honest. yeah. Um, it, it's very much just kind of seems like a setup, you know, like, oh, things are really bad. And then fairly soon it's like, no, they're not. Mesh is uh -huh. super strong. It'll be fine. Um, so there's not a whole lot really to, to talk about, I don't think. Yes. So. 
All right, Nick, let's wrap up. Elusive Samurai in one piece. Yep. Elusive Samurai, chapter 109, successor 1335. Hey, so everyone managed to get away with Yuri Shige. Uh, but they're like, but he's still going to die. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kojiro's master guy from the, from the one... The one general guy that told him, wear this and pretend to be my son is like, dude, give me that headband. You don't need to pretend to be my son anymore. You've done a good job. Go serve your master and live your life how you, how you want. Uh-huh. Good job. Okay. Well, that's all over and done with. Uh, Ayako and Kotro and Ginba uh, are like, wow. Yeah. So this is it. You know, this is Yorishige is, you know, going to die. So we're, we're going to have to, you know, say farewell to him we're used to people dying but this is going to be really really hard and this is you know we're all going to really suffer for this uh there is a massive party going on between the multiple dying people and tokyuki and, and shizuku uh because you're she goes just like yeah i'm going to use all my divine powers like i can to just have a good time yeah Woo-hoo! uh and uh they're like yeah uh, we're definitely gonna die. His his son is like thus far. I have survived my fatal wound because divine power provides a physical boost. Okay, uh, and uh, so he says. Uh, Tokitsugu says to uh, Tokiyuki, like, say goodbye to Yoritsugu for me. Uh, I am proud of his immense talents. Uh, and he turns to Yoritsugu and says, "Father, I sleep before you." And Yoritsugu says. Yeah, I'm sorry that I have, you know, kind of been neglecting you recently. He's like, hey, now that I'm dying, I'll tell you that I used my fate and presence to sneak into your bed until I was about 12. And Yoroshige's like, ah, well, we're going to be sleeping side by side again because we're going to die now. Aw, that's and, a little sweet. Yeah. And then uh, he uh, he just kind of tips over and he just totally disappears because he's his presence, you know, he's, he's dead now. And uh, this is funny. Because he's 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 not visible, uh-huh. and they make a joke of it because they put a sheet on him. It's like, oh no, he's still here. Look at him; he's invisible because he's dead. Okay, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Tokyuki confides in Yoroshige that you know it's like, look, Takauji is so strong. How do I defeat him? And Yoroshige says, "It's okay. Uh, I'll give you some weapons. First, I give Shizuku my ability to see the future." <laughs> does uh <laughs> and um this is also a joke because Shizuka says i see an infant hell that goes on forever with peripherals and mi- mini purchases and just talks about modern gaming and why it sucks yep yep well actually nick she's secretly talking about the k manga app it's <laughs> 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 all these yeah she's she's seeing the dark future uh, then he gives Tokiyuki uh, a sword, which he says, like, Deo Tamatoki gave me this, this to me when Kamakura fell. You use it against Godain. It is the hereditary treasure sword of the Hojo, Onimaru. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you have all this grace in you because of your ancestors. This will be your companion for demon slaying. Use whatever weapons or means necessary to draw out Takauji's emotional turmoil. When Takauji exhibits commonplace weakness, his divine power shall flee from him pull him down so he is merely human uh and uh then ayako and kotro and gemba are like do you have do you actually have to die because we don't want that and uh he's like no i gotta die and 
Uh, but uh, t- but Tokiki says, I will not run from your death. You sacrifice yourself to save others. You show your love as a warrior and father. I will not flee from such affection because I am your lord and I am your son. And uh, they all have a, a big cry together. Uh, Yoshige thinks about how like they have grown up to be a capable leader and capable warriors and stuff. Uh, and um, then he is told that they get word from outside that Takaji's army is approaching. So Yoshige says, all right, you know the escape routes. I'm sorry, you've got to fly, fly from the nest. Tell me again what I long to hear. And Tokyuki uh, embraces him, and they have a big hug while he says, thank you for all you've done, father. And that's the end of the chapter. Uh, it's a big emotional beat that would probably have been a lot more impactful if we didn't have so many jokey jokes about people dying uh, <laughs> in the same chapter. It's it's a little tone uh, bouncy all over the place, but I, I thought it was still good. I think if you were going to ask me, like, what's been my favorite Lucifer Samurai chapter in, like, 40 chapters, I'd be like, I think yeah. it's this one. Like, I don't know. There's there's something here. Um, so that's nice. Um but, it does know. at least feel like something meaningful happened. Mm-hmm. So, but now Nick, One Piece, and thankfully it's such an easy chapter of One Piece to recap. Oh my God, <laughs> chapter one thousand eighty-three, <laughs> the truth of that day. So it turns out that me joking last time that Sabo would, you know, explain what happened that fateful day was actually wishful thinking because Jesus Christ, that <laughs> we just get that now, uh, and I don't know. So much of the relevance of what happens here. <laughs> I'm going to need to like start going on YouTube and watching videos explaining what the fuck happens in order to be able to explain <laughs> this on our show. Like, Jesus. So Sabo explains, like, so I managed to complete all my objectives. And broadly speaking, I had three. And it feels like he's talking to the two people that should know what those objectives are. But whatever. He's doing so, like a very formal run now. And he's like, look, I had three objectives. Let me tell you how I how I did it. Yes. So he says the first of all, he wanted to destroy the symbol of the celestial dragons in order to make a declaration of war. Second was to free as many slaves as I possibly could and take back Kuma. And third, to venture into the land of the gods and destroy their food stockpile. Apparently, this mission went pretty well. Uh, because of the declaration of war, the rebellion's influence has spread. A bunch of people have taken up arms. In, uh-huh. There were eight successful revolutions in a dozen different countries. And uh, also, Ivankov says, out of those eight countries, one was Lulusia, which is gone <laughs> now. <laughs> so, seven out of 11, I guess we'll call it, not yeah. eight out of 12. <laughs> uh, but of those seven countries under new leadership, the papers aren't mentioning any of them, but they've also cut off all heavenly tribute to the government. So, yeah, Marjo has lost a lot of their supply lines. They may have a impenetrable fortress, but they're having a lot of difficulty getting food now. So Ivankov is really, really happy about this and starts like dancing around like, ah, fuck you, rich people. Um, Dragon says that because they're under duress they might mobilize the holy knights all right and nick. that is where the real fighting will begin now nick that's where jin has to be he can't be anywhere else they've sh- they revealed the 10th captain blackbeard's crew we've seen shanks's crew in action there's nowhere left we know who ryugoku is now all of my weird hopes so jin for some reason <laughs> It'll be explained. 
Jin joined the Holy Knights. <laughs> okay. I for a second I thought you were gonna be you were gonna say that's <laughs> where the pissing bully has got to be. <laughs> now, to my knowledge, this is a group that has never been formally announced before. I think this is just like right. an announcement of like, here are some new characters. Uh, at some point, I assume the Straw Hats are going to have to deal with the Navy themselves, and while like Luffy fighting uh, Akinu makes like a ton of sense, mm-hmm. um, and then like maybe like other like of the big members like fighting the other admirals, like it makes sense to have like many like mini peons for other characters to fight or something. I don't know. Yes, it was like me looking at it, being like, "Oh my god, are there ten more characters that I have to learn? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me." Oh boy, uh, there are, there are at least nine uh, from the silhouettes we can see. It seems like. Uh, so uh, Ivankov points out that the Holy Knights will probably be gunning for Sabo specifically. Dragon says that because of the assassination of King Cobra, Sabo now is a hero in many people's eyes. From the perspective of the rebellious, anyone affiliated with the world government is an enemy. Of course. There are many wicked kings who oppress their people, but there are also wise and just kings who are capable rulers, which seems like a weird thing for the leader of the rebellion to say. Not much of an anarchist, are you, dragon? He's Uh, like, whoa, not all kings. Hashtag not all kings, guys. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, he said he points out, like, look, Cobra had a reputation for being a wise and just ruler, but sometimes that news doesn't reach everyone the world over. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I'm sorry about King Cobra personally, but honestly, this is our means very well. This will get the flames of revolution burning. Uh, and they have a drink and then they're like, now tell us the truth behind this article. And it shows, you know, Sabo standing over the corpse of Cobra with the headline King Cobra assassinated. And they're like, yeah, we were searching for a reason for you to do this. We all want to believe in you. And so we get a flashback to over a month earlier in Mary Joa. And uh, so there it's during the reverie. Uh, the food storage has exploded and revolutionary captains have been sighted. Oh my God. Mayhem has run amok. Uh, and um, they're like, Oh, we got to stop them. Kill them. Kill them all. Um, Brown beard. Is that who that is? The No, this is just some random ass dude. He's got a he's got a captain hat thing. Yeah, he's got we, a tricorner. They imprison uh, captain. They're like pirates a lot and sell them gotcha. off. But I don't think this is anyone specific. Uh, so remember, he, Brownbeard has the lower body of like a crocodile. Yeah, right, right. Okay, well maybe you got rid of it, Quinn. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think you very well could have. So uh, this this older looking pirate guy is not doing so well. He's being uh, whipped up by one of the world nobles. Uh, when <laughs> Nick, don't you remember the revolutionary Karasu? leader of the North Army, Karasu? Karasu, Nick, next in. you're going to tell me you don't remember the leader of the West Army, Limburg or South. I don't God. remember which fucking direction there are, but. <laughs> Karasu comes in, he summons a crow with his soot soot powers, just roll with it. Uh-huh. Uh and the and, and and the bird says to the pirate guy, like, run away, uh, and uh so the 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 the, the be, 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 they try and shoot Karasu, but he's a soot soot man, so he's fine, and he just beats them all up. 
and then we was like, oh, look, it's Lindbergh is here. Oh, uh, and hey, look, it's 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 an important character. I will say, Karasu is the only one of this group who actually I kind of like because his design's kind of dope. Everyone after him is less and less interesting. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's Morley. He's he's big. He be big. Or she big. big. I should say. They're big. Uh, they are big, yep. They're big. So, um, they're fighting a big tree guy? Uh, Ryugoku! No, is it? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. It's hard to recognize them in the actual big wood man form. So, uh, Fujitora is like, I'm summoning a meteor. They're like, don't do that. <laughs> There's a bunch of people around us. It's like, oh. Uh, a big fight is, has broken out. Meanwhile, Sabo is sneaking around looking for the key, the collar key. I don't know if we know what that is, but uh, Kuma for, has, has been for, um... Fuck. Oh, my God. Kuma, isn't it? It's the collar key. Oh, okay. But Kuma is hanging around with Charlos, that asshole. I remember that guy. Uh, and uh, his father, St. Roswald. Uh, and uh, they're they're like uh, trying to get up to no good. So they're like, oh, I bet he's going to do something with Princess Shirahoshi. We can't let him use Kuma like that. Uh, and we actually cut to this is the point where like Shirahoshi and Vivi uh, and the others were all kind of like having their like bonding moment together. Uh-huh. And uh, meanwhile, also Bonnie was there, uh, was running around trying to find her dad. Uh, and uh, Vivi has been called has been called aside by Lucci, who's like, "Leave me alone!" <laughs> now, Nick, I do notice that you seem to have uh, cut over uh, an intro- a reintroduction to, of course, Fukuru, Kumidori, Jayabara, Bluto, and. <laughs> Khalifa, the other members of Cypher Pole 9 who reappear in a panel to address that they are here as well. Do we? Does that happen? Yeah, really and, and, and the page before. Uh, it's uh, when Morley gets their uh, big introduction. On the other side of the page is three panels, the third one down. Oh, sorry. It's like sorry. you don't even care, Nick. <laughs> Kumadori is back! That's the only one that I even vaguely remember. So. Yeah, if it had just been... Wait, no, no. One of them had a door power. That's the horn guy. Blue no, yep. And the girl had a sexy power, because of soap, course she did. Soap power, yep. Right. And then one other one had a double fruit. Um, yes, they did. <laughs> and then the last guy had a zipper for a mouth. Yep, you right. nailed it all. Okay, no. So... No. Mr. P has to try to jump up on me again. He's going to make a mess of everything. <laughs> God. Okay, go ahead. So, Vivi and Lucci are meanwhile talking, and Vivi's like, leave me alone! I'm trying to talk to Vice Admiral Garp! Uh, and Lucci's like, we're here to protect you. And she says, I mean, it didn't look that way with Shirahoshi back there. You're not stupid. You know they'll go after her again. Uh, but uh, Vivi, I believe, is being told that by other people i think it's kind of hard no it's a different hallway i don't know who's trying to talk to cobra i don't think in this guards are trying to talk to him they're like hey you can't come in here only right only king cobra is so cobra's gonna go in and go in with the elders with he's going to go in by themselves yeah as, by uh, Ch- Chaka and pell aren't going to be with him yeah so he, just in so case he tells... you were worried that Chaka and pell were in danger they're, they're too strong they'll survive right. Chaka took a bomb to the face 
Right. Uh, so Cobra specifically tells them, like, hey, you know, don't bother waiting around for me. Go protect my daughter. So that's uh, where we leave off there. And if we actually continue with this, right, I guess we'll actually find out what the hell happened with King Cobra. Yeah, it seems like we are actually going to get some level of an answer about what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Which is wild, Nick. Who would have thought? You and me? Learning about One Piece's big lore questions? It's going to be wild. I was just cutting to a different scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see what happened with uh, Pell. Because, of course, as you recall, Nick, he had the hawk fruit, which is one of, I believe, they established seven powers that allow you to fly, uh, which is a thing that Oda definitely established. And I was like, oops, more birds than that. (laughs) And other other things that can make you fly. Uh, Yeah, I think that we've reached the end now. Uh So, Quentin, tell me. What was your favorite chapter this week? Uh, my favorite chapter this week was between Blue Box and Akane Banashi. I think I'm going to go with Akane Banashi. It's weird because I don't think the chapter as a whole is as strong. I think Blue Box is probably stronger. But that moment with her having an imaginary conversation with that was very, very emotional in a way that like was heavy for me. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I love that. So I think that's what's going to put it out for me. I think that is that I'm going to take something off of that and say yeah like it's it ends on a weird note but I so because of that I do think that I liked Blue Box's uh, chapter just overall a little bit better Uh Um, and in terms of my my MVP for this week I think that I'm going to go with uh, burn me with uh god it's kind of hard to do it for this in a weird way i'm going to give mine to shinta from akane banashi because even though he doesn't actually do anything in this chapter just the way that everything is centered around him and how akane is learning about her dad indirectly is very interesting oh i like that's a very outside the box pick but i really really like that uh, I don't want to steal it, though, because that would be a poser move. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Karasu, cool, cool crow dude. Uh, he has cool crow powers. This is a tough one this week. Nobody really, mm-hmm. really stood out individually. Uh, I considered Phil, um, but I, I think Karasu's going to get it, just so I, I have somebody. Um, but we did have some cool stuff this week. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the audience, by the way, uh, doubled up Akane Banashi for Chapter of the Week and Akane... For character of the week yeah all right guys that's gonna do it for weekly manga recap we'll join you we'll see you next time for more manga discussion stuff uh tune in on weekly manga recaps twitch.tv which is twitch.tv slash uh, we will record the show wednesday evening probably starting around 7 30 eastern time and if you want to know exactly when it goes live you can join us on discord which will be linked wherever this uh podcast gets posted in the description we also have a great community there that participates in all sorts of just like fun, like game times, discussions about the series as each chapter comes out. You can use it to also go to the Google Doc that's maintained by Ninja X3i and make a suggestion for future manga for us to read or check out some of the past stuff that we've done and uh, just stuff that we've talked about. There's a lot of uh, statistics and history that is referenced in that document. We also want to thank everyone who has supported us on Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap, where you can also just get bonus stuff that we have recorded. Uh, we also want to thank 
uh, Milo Jackson and Wednesday Dale Cheddar, who created the opening sequence of the video version of the podcast, which you can check out on youtube.com slash weekly recap. Also, we sometimes get title cards done by Steve Mann, whose work you can check out anywhere boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet if you just search for Steve Mann art. That is his username, I think, basically everywhere that he posts stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, uh, so guys, thank you all for, for, for uh, the good times, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, we've, we've done all we can. We'll see you next time, guys. Nick, you need a yes. joke. You need a joke here. Tell a joke. <laughs> Uh, so this is the part where we have the the uh, the piss guy come in. It's uh, it's the oh it's god, the what? Yeah, the pee the pee pants guy. Come oh, on, Quinn. I thought someone was just gonna come in and piss on me, and I was like, Nick, I need a head. I would not have worn my nice Sonic shirt if someone was gonna piss all over it. Okay, that's the main problem. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, yeah, I will tell the story. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, the way my house is, uh. So, like, the main living area is above the basement, which is where frequently people will hang out and we were playing video games. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Go upstairs. And Joa uh, comes upstairs and is like, hey, uh, a liquid just dripped from the ceiling onto my head. And I was like, "As a, like, anyone who owns a home immediately, like, terror fills you. Like, oh, my God, did a pipe burst? Something like that. And then I walked out. Yeah, and I was like, absolutely. So the good news is the pipe didn't burst. The bad news is Scotia peed herself. <laughs> and Pete just dribbled from the basement to your head. <laughs> there you go. You stayed all the way. You got to... <laughs> it's Scotia with the trick shot. <laughs> it's Scotia with the very funny placement of it. Uh, not at the time. I was so mortified. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Everyone's yeah. like, no, it's fine. It's a dog. But I, it was like, you did just get... God damn. Bye, everybody. Good night.